All right, Jesse Phillips, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, it's been a little bit of a minute trying to hook you up and get you on here, but I do know that it's it's because you're just a giant, huge deal. And that's you know, <laughs> no fault of your own other than you're a big deal. So I'll, I'll give you that. Um, uh, that it, yeah, no, when I looked at your array of people, I was like, why does she keep wanting me on here? Like, I just oh, need please. to go back to my my horses and cows and quit like why does she fold me into this i don't understand i don't know who she thinks I, I don't know who you think i am but i think you're pretty awesome and that's all that matters to me <laughs> i don't give a shit where you come from and what your walk of life is or what you do for a living if i find you fascinating i want to pry at your brain i like it we're okay. very much the same in that area yeah, well, that's the. Let's just get right into this. Let's start with wherever we're going to start. So, I met you briefly. I haven't even met you in person. I became acquaintance with you. I consider you a friend, and I consider your family a friend. Your family friends of mine. Um, I got really fortunate to meet you, uh, you know, through Tim K, who has the Veteran Project podcast and um, the right. Caregiver Project, and works with Heart Support. And I kind of got to know you a little bit just from hearing things about you and hearing things about your family. And what I found really fascinating was I had no idea how many kids you had at first. Cause I was like, <laughs> I was like, bro, how is this guy doing uh, everything he does or from, you know, writing to the photography, to the production, to having as many kids as you have, and then being in the service and then just like going to school and doing all these things. I'm like, and I complain about one. <laughs> well, now you know why I'm hard to get to sit down in front of a camera. Oh, well, that's okay. I can take it. If I have to wait, wait for the good people, I'll wait. It's often the people who aren't interesting, that have nothing to say, that they're like, I can make it work. And I'm like, I, I know you want it to work, but your eagerness just made me not want to work with you. Oh, man. Why are we so the same in that area? The people that just want so bad to be interviewed usually are the worst interviewees. You're not wrong. I'll, I'll give you that. So let's let's just get into it. Let's get into it. So let's start with how many siblings you have. Okay. Um, I'll start at the beginning. I was born at a very young age in a cabin I built with my own hands. And I'm just kidding. Um, right? I could believe there was, it too. <laughs> There's there 13 of us. I have eight brothers and four sisters. My mom and dad had nine sons, four daughters. Um, the Go ahead and get the questions out of the way. Uh, we didn't have any twins. We're not Catholic. And we did have a TV. Okay, so I'm okay with the TV thing. You're not Catholic. So what made your parents keep pumping them out? <laughs> well, um, if, if the Bible talks about children as an inheritance, ah. and a heritage from the Lord. And my dad was always like, well, if somebody gave you great uncle so-and-so died and left you a six million dollars would you only take a million of it or all of it so he oh said you know you know he said the, the lord says as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man so are children of one's youth so i don't know when going into battle i want as many arrows as i can have yeah and, roger uh, that i'm okay with so, that yeah that was his he had a very warrior mentality in that area in every I area I appreciate that, but that terrifies me for your mom's sake. <laughs> well, she uh, she looks like my older sister. I look, we look like we're the same age, and she's six, just turned sixty, had thirteen natural born children, and uh, the second half, uh, most of them were all from me on down, were all natural, uh, just 
home birth. She's That's a beast. insane. That's insane. She, she's who you need to have on here, not me. Oh my God, please. I would have her on in a heartbeat and be like, okay, lady, you need to talk about this because she, and she, she looks younger than most, you know, most 40 year old women. So dad uh, took good care of her. Well, it sounds like it because I'm telling you right now, the idea of having to do that like more than one time was that that horrifically terrifies me. I mean, if you it's it's funny that you kind of brought up how how she was like natural births and things like that and home births because my husband and I actually were having this conversation yesterday, which is super random because he just got snipped and I'm super excited about it. So I'm telling everybody. So um, <laughs> he knows it too. I'm like, everybody needs to know. Um, and I we talked about this because we saw something on like passing in TV and it was like about home births and things like that. And that terrified it the absolute heck out of me. And the reason being is like, we had a situation where we, we could have lost Jack if he was a home birth for sure. hundred mm. percent. And to have as many home births as your mom had successfully is, is statistically insane to me. It, it is. It is. And the Lord, <laughs> the Lord blessed my parents a lot. Uh, Cause we had my, my wife and I have four kids mm-hmm. and um, she wanted all natural birth. She's a, a warrior beast. And, the first ones were uh, twins and we tried that she wanted to have them at home. And I was like, Hey, sure. You sure you don't want to have them at the hospital? Like, are you sure? And she was like, yeah. So we had the midwife and everything, but towards the end they were breach and transverse, like yeah, wrong. So we had to have a C-section to get them out. And then our next son, she really wanted to have a natural birth. And so the doctors didn't love the idea of doing a V-back. Um, but yeah. she did and had a home birth and it was the most beautiful, wow. beautiful thing I've ever witnessed. Um, a lot better. I didn't handle the C-section very well at all, especially did for somebody. Out? I did not pass out, but I do not like, I don't like that stuff. It you was just rough. Like, you told, <laughs> it was rough but, on me. Okay, but like, was it, oh my God, I love hearing this. You sound like my husband. It's like, it was rough on me. It was not rough on you. There was nothing cutting you. Well, she was high as she was high as a kite. She was fine. They put this little blanket up, so I couldn't I couldn't see what was going on down there. And she was just laying there looking at me, and I was holding her hand. I don't like um, for somebody that's been around blood and and gore. I I, I don't like it. I don't enjoy it, and um, especially when it's on your wife. Well, they started like tugging on her, Mm -hmm. so she's like laying there getting like snatched on, and it sounded with all that like. Yeah, like they were just <laughs> yeah. working, and it sounded like she was getting eaten by zombies on the other side of that sheet. Makes sense. And I was like, so I was just like trying to comfort myself by holding her hand. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they just like throw this like gel colored like lizard <laughs> over the thing. It was like, here you go, Dad. And I was like, ah. And it still had this port, like it was still attached. And I was like, what? Uh, and then all of a sudden another one and I had them like one in each hand and they were what screaming and like, it was like having like little tiny, like hairless panda bears <laughs> that were covered in slime. And I was like, uh, uh, what do I do and with it was these? Like, and it was like dripping on her. And I was just like, was like, why? This is not no. natural. <laughs> this, is, this wasn't the natural birth we spoke of. Well, to be honest, oh. the natural birth, I thought I was, I was nervous going into that one. Oh, I was like, if the, the hospital one was bad, natural ones are going to be like way worse. Yeah. It wasn't the case. It was beautiful, quiet, nobody like no yeah. bright lights. It was just, it was natural and beautiful. 
but that first one was rough. And then the, you know, the fourth one was, you know, about that one. <laughs> I know about that one. Um, I don't know how comfortable you are talking about little lion, but I want, I do want to talk about him because oh, if anything I can, I'm, I'm on open book on him. I'm yeah. So, him. yeah, you should be damn well proud of him. So little lion, um, for those who don't know was born incredibly premature, incredibly premature and had a lot of issues. And I got to somehow got the privilege of watching this little guy come in, you know, via Instagram and stuff. But then so many other people did, but I got to watch and connect with you guys. Like I get goosebumps when I talk about him because to see how far he's come and what you knew was, you know, the, the reality was the chances of him being a successful baby without any damages as a child, a little alone, and the kid's thriving. He's a beast. Please tell me <laughs> yes. more about him. Okay. Um, so yeah, as, as you said, he was born, uh, 26 weeks. So about three months early, um, he was which two is pounds. Like not viable, which is like not viable no. in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, you know, they say even 10 years ago that he probably wouldn't have, you know, yeah. technology has, has advanced so much to where, you know, not long ago, that would have been a certain, mm -hmm. he wouldn't have made it. Um, mm -hmm. especially being a little, a little boy, their lungs don't develop as, as quick and as they have a lot more trouble. Um, it was emergency C-section within about, by the time I pulled up to the emergency room going 110, because actually it was 115, because the governor goes off on my truck at 115. Don't lie. Um, I, <laughs> it was less than 10 minutes and they had her open. And that was putting her in it. That was putting her in a chair, getting everybody like mm -hmm. sped up on like, this is serious, getting her up, getting her like, and then as soon as I got her hooked to the monitor, his heart rate went from, I remember seeing it was like 170 and then it would drop mm -hmm. and then it dropped and then it went to, psh, and as soon as what it stopped, happened? the doctor. Like, what triggered that? Like, why all of a sudden did you guys like go to the hospital? Did she start bleeding? Was there issues? Yeah, she was, she oh, okay. had, in the back in the summer, she had started, we thought we had lost him. Um, okay. She thought she had had a, she'd miscarried. And uh, so she had been bleeding. She had a certain, I don't remember the, Mm -hmm. the technical terms this is where i'd sound like a terrible husband because i don't remember no, all that terrible yeah but you're but not supposed to remember that it's okay she had a, she had a, some conditions that she still works through um and so she bled a lot like the last three months she was in bed like she couldn't get out of bed and i was yeah, that's right. taking care of the three kids that's why i remember we were trying to connect then i was like ah! <laughs> i can't life right now <laughs> i'm, I'm just like trying to survive um, i hear you and then it happened again here this past, so about a year later when she had another surgery, it was the same thing. I only had four kids, but all that being said, um, the, the surgeon, the doctor saved my wife's life and his life, um, by acting quickly, didn't skip a beat. Mm -hmm. She didn't get one drop of pain. She didn't get a Tylenol. Like they wiped her with a cotton swab to, you know, to and clean the wounds. And, just, zip. Oh. and if you uh, want, if you want a visual, it was like the end of Braveheart when he gets gutted and he screams freedom. And that's like, it was like that only they pulled a baby out. No anesthesia, zero. And, um, she was a beast. That's so, <laughs> Gray's anatomy level shit. Like that's yeah. like, that real like like an elevator. I've seen some out. heroics, <laughs> seen some heroic things in my life. And that was the most, those two women, the most heroic, like, moments yeah. of my life seeing my wife fight for her life and her son's life and that doctor she didn't care about anything but saving his life uh -huh. like paperwork i don't know what protocol is on getting permission but it was just like we had to do yeah. it 
right then. And, um, they're now he's, uh, tomorrow is, will be the day a year to the day that he got out of the NICU. He was in there in the hospital for 65 days. Um, right. So it's a big deal. Watched you go back and forth. I watched you guys go through that and, and seeing all the photos. And I remember seeing the very first photo, uh, that of you, you and your amazing wife, um, sitting beside the NICU and you guys, you guys were, you were just holding her. And I just remember saying like, I'm not, a. I was born. Let's try that again. I was born and, uh, raised and shoved down my throat Catholic, um, in Catholic school and Catholic high school, you know, the whole shebang. My dad was not, my mom's side of the family was my mom is, she's not the way she is used to be, but I, I have this belief and it, it, it may not be the same as everybody's, but it's that there is a larger, there is a larger energy. There is a larger thing out there. I just don't call it God. I just call it there. I just know there's something way more powerful than me. And I just don't argue with it. I, I don't, yeah. I don't mess with it and I don't argue with it and I don't smite it. I just leave it alone. But I know, I know that there are times where when you are in a situation and if somebody is meant to be in that, in this world, they'll be in this world. And so it seemed like watching you guys go through that as horrific as it was, it's, you had such a family unit and such a strength that I feel like you guys were able to, you know, almost, um, energetically or whatever you want to call it, give him that strength by being with him the way you were and the way that your wife was instead of, you know, there's a lot of women who aren't allowed to stay in the NICU depending on the situation and their situation. And I, for some reason, I feel like it wouldn't have really mattered if your wife's stomach was still cut wide open. I feel like she would have been sitting <laughs> in that chair with you. Oh yeah. Honest. So that, um, that was, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. No, no, go, go, go ahead. Well, and that's part of the, you know, that was part of the real big struggle for her was um, she was in pretty rough shape. She had a bunch of blood transfusions, a lot of, lost a lot of blood. So she had to stay in the hospital that she was operated on. We had to uh, evacuate him to a different, an hour away to, a, to the, where they had an NICU that could keep him alive. Mm-hmm. So immediately she had her baby taken from her and she's trying to heal and she's trying she wants to breastfeed and all, and she's like not connect. doing well mm-hmm. connect and all that stuff for the first couple of weeks. I was the only, the only thing that he knew was me and my voice. And so we bonded on a different level mm-hmm. and then our kids at the, <laughs> they may have had coronavirus at that point. I don't know, but it was some horrible disease. Okay. They, were, they were, they were super sick and it was Christmas time and they were with my mom. Yeah. Um, and so they were with my mom. My wife was in a hospital alone Christmas. Besides, yeah. My mom was with her, but like, and then I was up there with him. Um, yeah. so the Christmas time's a big time for any family, but we're mm-hmm. very, very big family that, and, and all of a sudden we're split up. And then, uh, so she had a lot of, it was tough on her cause she couldn't physically get out of, you know, but mm-hmm. the day she got out of the hospital, they told her, you need to go straight home, get in bed. Don't, and I'll, yeah, okay. Uh, we, we drove straight to the hospital <laughs> to, to where he was. And, uh, she, I got her, I had friends that got us, I mean, the whole, just the Lord and, and friends and people like you, just all the support we had. It was amazing. We had people sending us we had we put her up in a hotel right outside the hospital um so she'd have to sleep on a hospital bed her little chair that i was sleeping in so i would she would be there all day i would take her at night to the mm-hmm. hotel and uh, so she stayed up there until we drove back and forth and then after a while we felt bad because the kids didn't have parents so 
I would come home and stay a couple of days and then it was fun. Glad that's over. It felt like it felt like a deployment. That whole deal was like, I don't have it. I still haven't processed through all what happened during that time. Well, no, and I don't, I don't expect you to, it's been, it's been not that long. And I mean, but he has gone from, he has gone from being literally like this tiny little big to the, yeah, he fit in my hand. Yeah. He's a beefcakes now. That's what we call my yeah, son. Yeah. Sorry. We call him beefy. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a good name for him. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's 20 something pounds and he's already, uh, he's a hit. So my wife's a, a mother, so she wants to make sure he's healthy. So it takes him to physical therapy and occupational uh-huh. therapy and all the, all the things that I'm like, you know, he looks healthy to me. So I think he's fine, but she wants to make sure. <laughs> so I let her do that. And, uh, but, but in doing so, I love it because we actually have data points. Mm-hmm. how healthy he is and like mm-hmm. how just ahead of schedule he is. So the, the, him being born early, like he's still going to be bigger than me and I'm a pretty big dude. So that's, I what's really he's... funny to me. That's what's really funny. Cause he's not, he, because of how premature he was, I mean, my son, Jack was, he was a month early, but they, but they were like, he's not growing anymore. Like they, they would measure him and be like, you're just getting fatter and he is staying the same. So he is cooked now and ready to come out. So <laughs> we're just going to go in there and give you a quick little whoop. And we're going to see how quick that starts birth. And sure enough, seven hours later, there he was. It happened pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, man. We were seven hours start to finish one hour of pushing. And that baby was here. And I went to a hospital because I'm a pussy and I, <laughs> I, I got no shame in that. I, everyone's like, why don't you have a home birth? You live in British Columbia. You're a hippie. I'm like, well, here's the fun facts for you. I, my family has a bad history of home births and has a not, a, everybody's been a C-section. So yeah. it's like the chances of me. Mm, yeah. And I want it if I don't need it and I don't want to do it without freezing. So yeah. So we went and I remember like just being in, in the hospital and it being as, you know, the, a fairly simplistic birth and the idea that that wouldn't have been, I mean, towards the end there, it wasn't, he, he got stuck and his heart rate was dropping and they couldn't get him out. It was a whole thing. And I remember that being so such a small amount of time, but it felt like it was, as soon as they said his heart rate was dropping, it's like time slows mm-hmm. and you yep. can't, you can't. Yeah, it's it's a weird. So the idea that little lion came as early as he did and came into the world the way he did, I can't see him not being just a beast of a human. <laughs> There's just no way. I agree. I agree. He's already um, been through a lot at his little age, and he he's just he's, uh, his personality. Yeah, I can't wait for you to meet him. He's pretty fun. I know. I'm excited. I, I saw that picture of you and your wife. I think you guys were going out for dinner and he was just sitting at your feet and I'm like, he is thick already. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it's impressive how thick he is. <laughs> I love he seeing does- a chubby baby. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. He doesn't miss many meals. <laughs> well, I, I still don't know how you guys afford to feed all of your, your humans. <laughs> you have a small, whatever you guys want to call football team, soccer team, baseball, basketball, yeah. whatever you want to put them in. Or you have a small unit. You have a small deployable <laughs> unit. Oh, for sure. Guys, <laughs> Just go in low. I got a fire team of kids. Just, just the kids. So we're, we're good. <laughs> Not including the rest of your family and all of their kids too. Your siblings all have kids, right? Every single one of them? Uh, no, no, not yet. Uh, actually, only about not even half of us have kids. You're literally going to overpopulate Missouri 
with your kids? Miss, I, we'll go. You're, we're from Mississippi, so but we could transplant. Okay, Mississippi. Yeah, okay. we'll spread. That's pretty big. Yeah. Why did I think it was Missouri for a day? Maybe I was talking to Tim about something and he, he said Missouri about something, but for whatever reason, oh no, because I was talking yeah. to um, Jake, I was talking to your brother and he said it was Mississippi, but I think we were talking about the South and like Missouri and like North Carolina, mm -hmm. South Carolina. And we were talking about just the Southern culture compared to like mm -hmm. Canadians. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty slow paced around here. We like it. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty jealous of it. I, I went and did something recently where I'm like, and I moved to the woods and grow a beard now. This is the situation I'm in right now. I'm going to grow a beard. Well, come down and, and we'll grow one together and we'll, uh, right? It'll be fun. Yeah. I feel like your wife wouldn't be friends with me if I just randomly, sporadically grew a beard one day. Uh, you know, well, <laughs> she doesn't like my beard. She doesn't like my beard. This I, I'm growing this against her. Uh, favorite she likes me like a baby why you look like because she married man. she met me as a brand new boot marine who had a Aww. high and tight and a shaved face and that's what she thinks she wants me to look like the rest of my life and oh that's hard it is hard because i want to look like grizzly adams uh, well <laughs> I, I mean i've earned it <laughs> I've, I've earned this face but, but you can you can be grizzly adams you can look like grizzly adams as long as you shower oh yeah yeah Keep, that's fine keep your board your beard moisturized and all that. oh yeah if you're gonna do it you gotta do it right like my husband's mm -hmm. on this he's growing his beard right now and i will say i mean i met him when he was racing and you know clean cut and he still had wild hair but like you know the shaved face and now i'm like i actually like this i'm into that let's do that and he's like i'm, ho I'm hoping if i if i keep growing it my wife will say the same she'll one day flip a switch and be like i like that well, I mean, she does have like four other things to worry about all the time. Mm -hmm. I feel like the beard should be the least of the stressors right now. In the I life. agree. That's why I hacked it back. It was really nice. And I had, I had to hack it back. She's, she's a sweetheart too. She'll never bring it up. I'm the one I'm like, do you like my beard? Do you like it? Do you like my beard? You <laughs> what do like you think beard? of my beard? What do you think? <laughs> Tell me about she's it. Like, she's like, it's not my favorite, but I love you anyway. Well, she's a sweetheart. <laughs> it's, it's me, not her. It sounds like she's just one of those women that you can't find a, you know, everybody has their faults, but like, she's one of those one that's like uber patient. And then also is like, even when you expect her to not be patient, like she blows you away she's with her like calmness with, with more calmness. Yep. Yep. She's pretty spectacular. I'm so jealous of those women. I, I try to just, I need some of that time. Well, her secret and the more I've gotten to know her almost 10 years. She's just always seething under the surface and her calm oh. is just like her. <laughs> she's kind of like the Hulk. She's always angry. It's right there. If it's you like just right push there. one more time. <laughs> but thankfully, I'm only I'm the only one that gets to see it. And I love that about her. She, you know, I I get to see that little wild Mustang side of her sometimes. I know, but she keeps it in check for the kids. Like that takes some she serious does. tolerance level. Yeah. Yeah. And we just I got an inside dog. So that changed the whole, like that adds a whole nother layer of having to. Okay. Hold on. Uh, Correct me. If I, did I hear that right? Inside dog? Yes. What does that mean? What, aren't dogs all inside dogs? Oh, oh, honey. No, oh. <laughs> not, not in the okay. South. Usually Let's they're, you know, the, the, the barn dog, you know, they're the, they're the, they're out with the horses and, and they, they, they're a tool. Well, we have oh, one. So like, he, a, he, like a herding a dog? Yeah, yeah. Well, this one is one like that sleeps 
like with us. And what kind of dog? I've never been. Uh, he's an English uh, English setter. He's a bird okay. dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So um, I got him for, to kind of help calm me down. It's probably and so, good yeah, he's really good. Uh, but we went from having four kids that poop and pee on the floor to now we have five kids that poop and pee on the floor. I was just going to say, you guys are asking for it. Yesterday was a bad day. Yesterday <laughs> we had <laughs> yesterday we had diarrhea, dog diarrhea all over the floor and carpet because it's we're snowed in right now. It's nine degrees and we don't get that here in the south. I know um, you don't. It's kind of funny so, for me to watch. So we can't put the dog outside like we normally do during the day. So he's just pooping and peeing on everything. And then I got a call from her. I was across the road at my mom's and she was like, hey, you know, get here. And I ran across thinking that like somebody was dead. Yeah. Yeah, I thought like somebody had raided the house or something. I was kicking the door in and (laughs) and then there I got in and there's diarrhea all all over the carpet. Uh, We have hardwood, but there's big carpet had diarrhea all over it. Baby lion was playing in the dog diarrhea. There's oh, pee over. Sense. I mean, it was just a huge debacle. So, almost, it's, almost uh, checked out not, that day. Yeah, it's not that it's funny. It's not that it's funny. It's a little funny. It's only a little. Well, funny. I had to get two paper plates to scoop it up because I'm not a dog person. I've never like dogs have always been like a tool and not a, like a cuddly thing. So, oh, okay. For me. So this is all new. And then I'm trying to like, how do you get diarrhea up off the floor? So I had paper plates and was like trying to scoop it. And I, I have real <laughs> bad, like I, I ended up puke, like, and I threw up onto the dog. It was the, it was, I didn't mean to get off and all that. I'm sorry. I needed to get that. No, off I am, no, I need you. Let it out. <laughs> let it out. I, need, I needed to get that off. I'm sorry. That's been pent up all night. Uh. You need I can, the best part about all of this is I can picture you sitting there going, and then just vomiting more and just going, it's getting worse. It's It's getting getting, so much worse. That's exactly what happened. And it happened to me two weeks ago with a child throwing, she threw up everywhere. She's eight and she didn't realize you run to the toilet to throw up. Oh no. I've never seen a mess worse than that. And I was just having flashbacks, like sitting there trying to get this up, puking myself. And I was like, this is my nightmare. I don't, I cannot imagine anything worse than what I am dealing with right now is vomit and poop. And then when you do it together, it's just, it's just compounds. No, don't ever be sorry. You're going to have to put explicit on this one because we just got graphic. I don't even know if I legitimately were to sit here. Let's find out how many, if I sit here, you think yours is the only explicit. I don't think I have an episode. No, I got one episode. Nope. That's a lie. I have no episodes that aren't explicit. So <laughs> okay, good. All right. Bro, you're right on track. Uh, you're tracking just fine yeah. with our listeners. Don't you worry. Diarrhea and vomit stories. I'm sorry. It's okay. I don't know if you, I don't know if your listeners are going to be fans of this and the way that I cuss <laughs> and how I live my life. So <laughs> it's okay. You can you can pick and choose who you decide to share this episode with, Jesse. I'm going to put it everywhere. No, you're going to put not. it everywhere. Yes, I am. Like, my highlights is going to be Jesse. The day that we found out the grown man who has a beard doesn't have a gag reflex, or does? Uh, no, like a small I does. child. I, I, do. I does. I uh, does have I one. I does. <laughs> I does have a gag reflex, and you got I me all. You got it. me all flustered now. Talking, to, uh, freaking, we're having a therapy session right now. Welcome to my I life. Need- you think that you're the only person who doesn't? I don't know what it is. Strangers do this to me. 
strangers do this to me. I'll be sitting there and I'm not on a bus because I don't do buses anymore. I did when I was in college and then I realized no. And so I don't do buses anymore, but I'll be standing in line at like a grocery store or something else. And the talking point is always my son. So because he's a cute beast of a human and he's got these blonde, this blonde, long curly hair, um, everyone's like, oh my God, he's so cute. And I'm like, thanks. Like, awesome. It's like, hey, do I, does he go to so-and-so school? I feel like I've seen him before. And I'm like, don't, don't keep going. Like, don't, don't continue this conversation. And then they keep going. And then they're like, what do you do? And then all of a sudden I know everything about them because I can't, I can't sit there. I I cannot say no to someone when they're trying to talk to me. I know the value of someone that can listen and I know the value of therapy. So I'm like, tell me about your life. Like, how does that work out? Like, do you go to like a doctor? Like, what's your husband like? Oh, he's not. Oh, you're saying, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. It's all making sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding. I, it's been like that since I've been younger, which is ironic because I never shut up. And so I find it hard that people even feel like they can open up to me, but somehow I'm able to like get in your weird parts and be like, tell me all your dark secrets. So, well, it's, I, I, did not realize how much we have in common because I walk yeah. around with a sign on my forehead that says, come tell me your life story. Oh yeah. I Don't even that. introduce yourself. Just tell me your life story. And it <laughs> happens. It, it happens at the grocery store. It happens anywhere I go. Right. And as I've gotten older and more cynical, I used to think it was, <laughs> I used to think it was a, like, I was good at like, it was a, like a, like a, I was like, good at that. Like a blessing, like you were there like a blessing, listen. like yeah, like I'm a asset, like this is I, this is a blessing, like I'm blessing, and then the older and more cynical I've gotten, I'm like, please just leave me alone. I have too many of people, too, too many people, too many things, and then now I'm trying to fight that back and be like, no, it is a good thing. I just have to have boundaries and know when to do it, uh-huh. and and so now I walk around with a sign on my forehead that says, please leave me alone, okay. and they still come up. It doesn't work. They See, still they still come up. I like that so you that, have like a nice sign. Mine's a swear word. So, and it often <laughs> yeah. starts with the letter C, depending on the day. Um, if you ask any of my employees, <laughs> I think I'm pretty good to everybody, but it's often like, just if you could just get the fuck out of my face real quick, it'd be super awesome. Just for a second, please. Just for a second. Yes. Just like a, just a minute. I just need to not, I just need someone to not look in my direction. Mm-hmm. But you can't especially, say that people. Especially you, especially the person that's looking at you at that second. It's like, yeah, you're, you're the reason I am this way right now. So please leave. Me. Just walk away. <laughs> you know what? That's you know we're going through that with um, with Jack, and that's something I've been trying to work on. And maybe you can give me some advice, Jess, because I feel like <laughs> you have four kids and a lot of family members, and have had a lot of siblings, and seen a mother go through this. I have one, and I feel like my brain's exploding lately. And mm-hmm. uh, he is testing the absolute fuck out of me, and. Um, I went recently and did an incredible retreat to work on myself with a bunch of soft guys. And, and my, I, I'm still going to call him my redheaded Jason Bourne because he is. And so I went and talked with a bunch of these guys and did this whole like four day thing and like came back and like legitimately felt reborn and legitimately felt like I had moved past a lot of the things I needed to move past. Fun fact, when you come home, um, reality kicks again. And then you realize, oh shit, I have a four-year-old who like 
yells all the time um, and it gets angry at you because you're an angry person and you don't know how to not reciprocate that anger. And so I, I need to talk to your wife because I need to figure out how to be able to approach things calm, a lot calmer with him and with like, I love him. Don't get me wrong. I will never not love that little fucking man. He is my heart and my soul. But why does he make me so angry sometimes? <laughs> why? I, I can't answer that. It's amazing how your own offspring can make you, it, the, the thing you love the very most can also cause you the most amount of grief and anger and pain. And they're not even trying to. It's not no. even like they're being, it's not even like they're being malicious or hateful or rude. It's just like, just the way they are sometimes. <laughs> it just, it just happens. I think it's that it's the, the amount of love that you have for that person mm -hmm. is it love and anger are very like similar. And every once in a while that, or not every once, sometimes it's a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, but I, I'm the same. I'm my wife and I were both very, we, we try not to, I think there's a balance of trying to look perfect. You don't, mm -hmm. I don't want to look perfect in front of my kids because I don't want to have them. I don't want them to have it like this. Some parents feel like they have to be like, they can't ever see me angry. They can't ever see me mess up because I want to be a good example. And I want to be a good example, but I also want them to know that we're human and we're going to mess up. And so feelings are I, a thing that we have. I don't want them to see me, you know, put a hole through a wall. I don't want to see, see, no, the, of course. The, I, <clears throat> but if I slip up and say something or, or have a, you know, a tone mm -hmm. or whatever it is that, instead of just blowing it off or trying to hide it, I, I just address it. Like, Hey, dad gets angry sometimes. And mm -hmm. it's not, you know, you know, I, I quote I like Bible script. I quote Bible verses to him. Like the Lord says, anger rests within the bosom of a fool. And so I am, when I'm angry like that and do something out of character, that's, that's foolish. I should probably kind of ring that in, but I'm human. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, and that's the way that she, she is a lot better at being calm than I am. You know, when you hear it, like I see, <clears throat> I was talking to, I keep bringing Jacob because he was, you know, the one that I could lock down <clears throat> first, but I won't, mm -hmm. you know, I won't, I won't like rub that in I'm your sorry. face or anything. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm, okay. I'm a dirty dog. I'm a dirty dog. That's, Take me out back. And, that's okay. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, my dogs normally live in my house, but I don't, that's, that's a different conversation. Um, yeah, but, well, you're a, you're a hippie. I'm a, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> you you, you not, just... You just admitted to it, right? I know. I live. I live on the west coast of Canada, which makes me, by definition and by default, you're on the west coast of Canada. You are yeah. way over there. I was yeah. thinking you were like right above me, north. No, that's why when you were like, "Yo, you want to do Monday morning?" I was like, "No." It's <laughs> you it's said a anytime holiday. after six forty-five. I said I'll give her fifteen minutes. About seven a.m. Yeah, I'll do seven. I could have done 645, bro. I would have done six for you. I would have done five for you. But that, <clears throat> but that's the thing is I'm literally like, I'm as far West as you can go. So I'm right about, I'm California time. And so, yeah. um, so when, when you were like time-wise, I was like, mm, he's going to say his time and I'm going to lose my shit. I'll do it, but I'm going to be tired and I'm going to swear a lot more and I'm going to need more coffee and I'm going to need a pee break because my body is not up yet because I'm not in the military anymore. And I don't get nope. up at four because- well, that's a lie. I do get it before because we're having an issue because my son won't stay in his fucking room. Three o'clock. It happens. Jack, go back to bed. Mm -mm. Four <laughs> o'clock. Jack, stay in your room. Mm -mm. Jack, I'm going to take some stuff away. Mm -mm. I don't care, mom. I got no feelings. Test me, mom. Let's see how hard and stubborn I am. <laughs> 415, 430, 445, 5 o'clock. We do this all the way till 6 a.m. 
just lately, he won't stay in his room. Just stay in your room. Just, just stay in your room or sleep or play in it. Just don't go downstairs, try to make food on the stove or chocolate milk. Like don't, just don't do it. Cause then he gets the jar of Nutella and then he gets a spoon and then I come down and he's eating it like it's ice cream. So now I have to lock the Nutella away. See, this is therapy for me too, bro. You see it? You feel Go it? Go ahead. Catch you, it. Let it out. Let it out. Just I know. Keep rolling. He, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't know what to do because you can't lock the freaking room. We got him this clock. It's called the grow clock. It's supposed to like turn from blue with the stars to then the yellow in the morning. So he's like, I know what time to get out of bed. And then I was like, buddy, why aren't you staying in your room? I just turned the clock off. Okay, you're not supposed to be able to know how to figure that out. The whole clock is supposed to be. So now I got to call the manufacturers and be like, your product shit. We need to have a conversation about you guys not pre-planning while putting the buttons on the front. So then we did a bunch of reading and the Googling and talking to the friends. And they're like, put a clock in there with a big number. I'm like, the bro, can, he can read. I know he knows what clocks are. And so we put a six. When the clock says six and the sticker says six, like the sticker stays six and the clock says six. That's when you get out of your room. Okay. He goes to me. Ready? This is his response. Hey, Jack, why'd you get out of your room? I turned my clock around so I didn't have to see it. I like Jack. Yeah. He's <laughs> my mom says to me, my mom's visiting right now for a month and thank God because, <laughs> and she, she says, this is just payback, honey. Oh, mm -hmm. honey, mm -hmm. you were, you were just as bad. Oh, honey, you have no idea. And I'm like, but he's a boy. Why am I still going through this? I have a girl. I wasn't like that. You're ruining this for me. She goes, oh, if, if he's bad now, at least he'll be fine as a teenager. And I feel like she's setting me up for failure with that comment. I was about to say, that sounds terrifying. That sounds like she's she's just having an inside joke for the next 10 years. I, I feel like she is. And I feel like I'm not in on it. And I'm not she's giving you that fault. She's giving you that false hope. And then all of a sudden she's going to be like, ha <laughs> you fell for it. Oh yeah. And it's not just her. It's my dad too. Cause here's the key. These parents of mine are long haul truck drivers. So they listen to these podcasts when they're driving all around and they sit there. Mom is listening right now. Oh That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And she's hey, going to be laughing her ass off. I remember when you did this. I remember when you did that. This is just payback. I told you, I told you. And I'm going to live with that for the rest of my life. And then they all wonder why we didn't have more kids. This is not alcohol, but it needs Bailey's at this point. I am telling you, he is the best. I just, this is probably a really good segue. Um, Cause I know you served as well. And I don't know if it's just me because there's not as many women who did the type of job I did that are out now that have kids. So in Canada and the U S we have a very different way of how we run women in the military. I mean, up until fairly recently, what was the year women were allowed to start doing combat arms trades with you guys? It was recent, uh, right? Yeah, it wasn't long ago. I, I don't remember the year, but. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. I'm not losing track of time here, I don't think. Um, no, it, it was in, in the last, you know, six, eight years, I think. Yeah, that's pretty. I mean, that's fairly recent, in my opinion. So when oh, I. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been, you know, it was, uh, I had been in a while before mm -hmm. it was a thing. Did you have to work with women? Nope. Never in the combat arms area. Really? No, so it was always, uh, you know, and the only ones I ever worked with were through, you know, uh, med medics. Med med medics or, um, you know, admin or supply or something like that. But it was never, never more than just, hey, thanks. Bye. Thanks. 
You're not like, <laughs> hey, Kels, we're going to kick this door open real quick. If you just want to hop up front, you should give that a go. Yeah. No, I didn't, didn't have, have that. that. We did. On our last deployment, we were on a little cop and we had, we didn't eat quail. <laughs> and, um, but the la the last little bit, it was just Marines. We just had Marines, but they, they sent us some army cooks and two of them oh, okay. didn't do a great job, but then they sent a female and she was legit. She like had candles and did everything and made she it. She had like, candles and I did mean, everything. She had, she, we went from eating like MREs to when it was dinner time. We would, yeah. she would like run us through there and we had like little signs of the day with quotes and she had music playing. And she had, I was like, we all were, she was mom. Like, just wow. Down. Oh, yeah. So I have great experience with females in the military. Okay. That well, that's good. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. She but took really good care of us. Well, that's what it comes down to. It's when, when you guys serve, you guys didn't have that. So it's hard for me, I find, to connect to women who also served because very, very rarely, unless they're Canadian, there is no military women combat arms. Um, same with the British and all of that. And so when I'm talking to people and I'm trying to ask them questions and advice about maybe how to handle my anger as a mom, because it's not anything he's doing. And I don't know how to, do you know what I'm trying to say here? It's like, cause there's a lot of, yeah, you have yes. kids and you get it, but that's a trip. That's something I need to work on. I'm aware of it, but it is something that I'm struggling with. Well, I am very much working on that the past two years. <laughs> so I'm probably not the one to listen to, but, and it's okay. not just my kids. It's everyday life. Something will happen. And I'll just yeah. two days ago, I get home. We live out in the sticks. We're on the way home from church. It was Valentine's day. So we're going to go get Mexican and take it home and eat it. So I did yep. that for my wife. That was um, super romantic like that. I saw um, your go get tacos. stupid cute. <laughs> well, we went, by the time we got home, we live on a dead end road. And there was like, as we were driving all these, uh, you know, fire trucks and cop cars and like, just like a whole squad was hitting our road. And I got to mm -hmm. our road and there was like 15 cars that were like volunteer firemen at the end of our road and I couldn't get through and they're like, had it blocked off and I, I automatically went straight Marine Corps mode. I was like, mm. Nope, <laughs> you're not blocking get, my road. Fuck I was like, yep. <laughs> and even Lexi could tell cause she like reached over and started like trying to calm me down. Cause I was like, I just came from church and now like just I'm getting red. raided. And so I went and then red. they kept, well, it's, we live on dead and road and uh, my family owns like I own half of it. Yeah, that's right. And my family, like, so it's like, whose house is burning? Because it's freezing cold. So somebody's yeah. house got caught on fire. Like, what's happening? And then they turned yeah. down my driveway. And I was like, okay, it's my house or the rental properties I own. And yeah. then they went down. It, it was a little crackhead house, that, that, which I was glad that was that, not something else. But then <laughs> I get out. And then all these volunteer firemen are, like, swarming my yard. So I went from just nice Sunday afternoon drive to all of a sudden I have a bunch of privates running around in my yard acting like and they're running the snap. scene. And I, oh. And I was so angry, so angry. And I'm trying not to take it out on them because they're just trying to do their job. But That's I'm right. taking it as like, you're, what are you, what are you doing? My yard private? Like, wh why yeah. are you doing that? Yeah. And uh, so, and then I want to like the rest of the day, I'm just like inside, just <laughs> angry and mad and wanting yeah. to take it out on the dog and anybody. And I, but my biggest fear is to take it on my wife or my kids. Don't like, that's my biggest, I don't want that aggression that just gets pinged and set off mm -hmm. and the weirdest, the weirdest little things will set it off. And then like you have all that, it triggers everything that you've suppressed for years, just all of a sudden starts bubbling up. And the more you work mm -hmm. on it, the more it 
conjures up that stuff when it does trigger. Mm -hmm. And then you got to figure out, uh, you can't stuff it back down because that's just horribly damaging, but mm -hmm. you can't take it out on your wife, your, well, your husband mm -hmm. or your kids in yeah. your case, because that's damaging to them. Exactly. And that's, you know, it goes back to the old thing, you know, hurting people, hurt people. Like exactly. if you're hurting and you're trying to get through something, you're going to hurt people if you're not careful. You mm -hmm. got to figure that I'm still trying to figure out how do I let it out and not suppress it and make it hurt, like turn yeah. into an ulcer or cancer in my stomach. Yeah. But also not damage my kids. <laughs> so. I know it's a freaking balance. I mean, I, cause I'm, that's the thing. They never do anything to make you that angry. Like the proportionate mm -hmm. res like the, it's a disproportionate response often. Mm -hmm. And then it's that afterward, it's like, shit. I didn't mean to do that and it's out now and I can't shove it back yep. in my mouth. It's <sighs> tough. And, and being around little kids that, because they're little, they're sponges and they absorb everything. Mm -hmm. And we're working through trying to become humans again, <laughs> you know, still, I mean, how long oh have you God. been out? Oh my God. I, well, I, I've been out since 2011. Yeah. 11 okay. was a when while. Shush, long enough. I know. I'm barely. I was barely in at this point. That it just feels like a different. I didn't life. realize you were old enough to be my mom, but um, I'm just kidding. Sorry, that was. Oh, we're gonna fight me. to the death <laughs> when I come to visit. When I can come back to Canada without being illegally held by the Gestapo, I will come visit. Did you hear about that? No, but it doesn't surprise me. Wanna, I don't do want to go. Yes, tell me about this. this. I'm gonna tell yes. you about this because you guys have your own bag of tricks, and I always give you guys yes. shit for stuff. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna throw this out. So <clears throat> our super amazing prime minister who loves to do brown face on his regular time, um, he decided that he was going to institute. I don't know if it was him or his policy people or the idiots that are running it. He decided to institute a new clause. This is a kicker. Where when you come into Canada, if you want to come in, you now, before it was like, you just needed, at first it was like, you can come in and you just have to quarantine for 14 days. And we're like, okay, we can live kind of with this, you know, cause it's the call me starter pack. So we're going to take it slow by slow and spoon feed us this. And so we're like, we'll take mm -hmm. this. And then it was mm -hmm. like, you have to wear masks everywhere you go. And we're like, okay, well now you can't spoon feed me. You got to whap me over the head with it. So it's like, okay, I'll take that. And then it's I a little bit at a time. It's never all at once. Yeah, it's never all at once. It's a trickle-down effect. Isn't that how Mao mm -hmm. made it work? And then this is how everybody yep. else makes it work? Mm -hmm. So um, people are going to be listening to this going, Kelsey, are you fucking kidding me? You goddamn American. I said, no, this is just when you know and you've seen this in other countries and you've physically witnessed it, it's too obvious to not point out. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So Thank you. I like yeah. you even more now. I, well, and so you should, you should never have not liked me. I don't know how and how, besides <laughs> my cursing, I feel like we are peas and pods. Get it? Yes. So, peas and pods. Exactly. So, so now they did this thing. So I went down to Washington when I did this retreat with um, an incredible charity called Heroic Hearts. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. ever heard of it. It's, uh, it, it's, you, you need to, you need to reach out. I will tell you that right now. We'll talk about this later. Um, but Sweet. it's called heroic hearts and, um, it's run by a ranger, uh, Jesse Gould, I think is his last name. And, um, anyway, I got the privilege to go down with all these special operators and do this in Washington, but that required me to leave my country, not leave mm -hmm. my country. Sorry. Get on a plane and fly exactly one hour away. And, um, or two and a half hours that they would have let me driven drive across the border, but that's a whole thing. 
So their new thing was you need a a negative COVID test 72 hours before you come back to your country. Well, I was leaving for like 80 hours. So I had to land, get off the plane, have one of the guys pick me up and take me to the hospital and get me tested and then go and do what I'm going to do because I was leaving on the Monday and I got there on the Friday. So, okay. I had had COVID twice now. I had it. I was a super spreader. I was one of the ones who brought it from China last year in January. I was in China from the 5th to the 10th. And on the 10th is when they closed China down. And that's when we got out. You're the one we need to blame. Yeah, you need to blame me. Um, And I got deathly sick that time. Okay, like in bed, couldn't move. The only time I had been up on bed rest like that was when I got my boobs done. And then that's it. That's the only situation. Mm -hmm. Your wife, we got to talk about it because that's a getting those fixed is a game changer. So (laughs) after you nurse, and I can imagine four, but like mine were like eggs nailed to a tree and I had one. So like (laughs) we need to get, we need to have a conversation about that shit. Um, So I got that done. And that's the only time I'd been in bed, like really, Mm. truly. And it, they, I went to the hospital and they said, where were you? And this was before we knew what COVID was. And I said, I was in China. And she goes, where? And I was like, Shenzhen and Guangzhou. And I was traveling around. Wuhan. I was in Wuhan. I was was in four hours from Wuhan. But I was on all the buses and all the planes and all the trains. So I guarantee, like, come on. So I, in bed, and he goes, you've got severe pneumonia. We're going to give you uh, like an antibiotic for it. And I was like, well, that's not how that works. But we'll fucking, let's just shove it in my face see if it works. So, and then I had a little bit of, you know, little lung issues after, but it was just like, Oh, it's cause you're out of shape. Get your ass back on the bike. It's not because of COVID you're fine. Cause COVID wasn't a thing. And then I get it again in October last year, because my father-in-law somehow got, he, I don't know, he went and got the antibody test, freaked everybody out. And then next thing you know, I couldn't smell or taste anything, but I was fine. I went to work cause I didn't know, didn't, you know, I wasn't any issues, perfectly fine you know, still loud, still aggressive, nothing changed. And then I lose my taste and smell. So I go down to Washington, they test me. I'm going through the weekend, I'm doing all these ceremonies, everything's going great. I'm finally being accepted by military people for the first time because my unit was pieces of shit. And then um, I get a call on the Sunday from the call, from the clinic. And me and you, I don't have insurance. I'm Canadian. What do I need that for? She goes, honey, have you, she goes, Hey, honey. I said, hi, dear. She goes, have you checked your test results yet? And I was like, no, why? She's like, um, you need to check your test results. If you want to go home. I was like, can you just tell me over the phone? She's like, uh, no. I was like, did I fucking test positive? She goes, um, honey, I got to call you back. (laughs) Sure enough. I had a false positive because I had had it two months before and Washington is cycle counting there. So when they do your test, they run it through cycles, right? And they run it so long that even if you don't have it in your system, it can detect when it was in your system up. I think it's up to six months prior. So I made, this is what the hospital told me. So if somebody wants to be like, that's not how it works. Don't say things that you don't know are true. But I'm just going off of literally what I was told. Um, that was I a very good of, representation of those people. Well, that's how those it types feels. of people. Karen's. Yeah. We're going to call them Karen's, Karen's. today. Yep. Um, Karen's and, and Conrad's. Oh, Conrad's. Is that what we call guys? That's this what is I news. Just did. Oh, yeah, I, I just. Well, you need trademark. Unless your husband's name's Conrad, uh, then I apologize. 
Well, then you shouldn't apologize. That's his own fault. He has the power. Should have been Conrad. That. It yeah. should have been a Conrad. I feel okay. I feel bad for nice Karens this time in this 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 swath of history. If your name mm -hmm. is Karen, I feel bad for you if you're a good person. One of the nicest people I know is named Karen, and she's my she's our banker, and she runs part of the bank, and her name's Karen, and I love her, and she makes my life easy. But she's I I feel for her because her name is Karen. Um, no fault of her own. And so I get this and they're like, you're going to have to come in and get blood work done because we're pretty sure it's a false positive based on you having it, but we need to prove that you have the antibodies. So why don't you just stop what you're doing, get in a vehicle and drive somewhere, which not a good idea. I'll tell you what I was doing after and uh, go and walk into a very bright lit intense sterile unit and then let them stab you with a needle and then mm -hmm. um, pay out of your pocket your for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Cause I'm Canadian. And so take, blood. Yep. Mm -hmm, take my blood and we do that. And of course comes back. She lets me leave. This is how much the doctor believed my story about having it. She lets me leave with a signed letter with her name on it saying it's a false positive. So I go the next day to get on the airport. Sure enough, I have the test proving it's a false positive. I had the antibodies, which means I couldn't have it. Like I have it in my system from when I had it, but I couldn't have it actively rate that in there. I go to get on the plane. Delta goes, because the Canadian government says it's a positive or a negative, they don't believe in false positives, which is bullshit because that's medically proven they happen. Um, we can't let you on the plane. I was like, cool, 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 cool. I'm stuck in Seattle. What the fuck do I do here? And so <laughs> I call my buddies and I'm like, they're like, well, we'll come pick. I was like, no, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna figure this out. I'm a big girl. I'm gonna get it. So I get in an Uber from Seattle to Blaine. Okay, that's two and a half hours mm -hmm. in an Uber. Mm -hmm. And I get to the border and I call the consulate of Canada. Hi, I'm stuck in another country. I'd like to get the fuck home. Help me. And then she goes, I want you to just listen really quietly to what I'm telling you. As of today, you can walk across the border with no negative COVID test. Can you get yourself to the border? I said, I live on the border. I can see my house from America. Like, no problem. So I'm like, Uber, let's do it. So this guy's like, where are we going? I was like, Canada. He's like, oh, you're fucking serious. And I was like, it's what the Uber thing says. And you accepted it. So get to stepping. So <laughs> you just said on... destination Canada. Pretty, I did. I said Canadian border. And he's like, oh, you're serious. I said, yeah. So he gets me up there. I walk across. She goes, have you been in contact with anybody with COVID 14 days? I'm like, nope. Positive test right in my pocket. And then she goes, um, are you going to quarantine? I said, yeah, I could have literally walked across the field, hopped the ditch because it's a ditch and then walked to my house. She's like, no, we're going to make it complicated. You're going to walk along the freeway like a homeless person. And then you're going to walk the six kilometers to your house. And I was like, on the road, on the road, you couldn't cross it. You couldn't. Like, yeah, no, they wouldn't shot. let me. No, they wouldn't let me. So I'm like, okay, well, cool. What's their, what is that about? Oh, there's so many things, Jesse, and we will get into. Oh, so many things. Um, so I get there and they're like, you've got to quarantine for 14 days. So I quarantine. So I feel I got to fill every day. I got to fill out this form. The government emails me saying I don't have symptoms. Click the button, move on. No big deal. The one day I leave the house, which I'm allowed to do if I'm going for a run or a walk, I get a call from the government three times. On your on my oh, while you weren't at the house. Oh, you mm -hmm. Because this was with me. So I was like, well, fuck this. So shit. they saw that you left and they called you? Mm -hmm. I'm lucky they didn't show up at my door. 
They show up at your door, bro. They show up at your door. They slap you with a thousand dollar fine. They threaten you with three years in prison and up to a million dollars worth of fine. That's what it was when I left and got home. Now it's even worse. They don't trust you to quarantine. So if I want to come go visit you guys and hang out, say for a week or do whatever I want to do down there. And I come back up, I have to go to a hotel for three days pay for a PCR test, pay for three days in a hotel while I'm waiting for the results. If the results say positive, they physically detain you illegally to a facility without your rights or permission and hold you there for 14 days. How? how what do, do you we... say about that, Jesse? How do you feel about that? Let's talk well, it's about just that. So st- well, and if we talk about that, people will call us conspiracy theorists. But it's like, well, what's the next can, step? It doesn't I, get I better care. from. It doesn't get better from there. How how do you go back while still just saying, "Oh no, that's fine. That's just normal." You don't go back from that unless you say, "No, we're not doing that." There's they're no way for it. people. Like they're straight up taking people because they don't trust them to quarantine. Like my, whatever the fuck you want, not my prime minister, cause he runs the country or thinks he does. Um, the person who runs my province, like I should know this shit, but that's how much I hate my own politics. I only know your mm-hmm. politics and I know them minimal. Um, and I, I hate ours just as much probably as you hate yours. So. Exactly. So like, I don't even know, like, this is really bad. And then people are going to be like, you're embarrassing. Well, I don't give a fuck. I don't even know when we vote. No clue. All I know is I've got this person running the province. So the state I live in, John, something Horrigan, Horrigan, he's on the news acting like a tough guy goes, if you're going to come to Canada, you better. I don't know why I've got your accent going here. I feel like this is about to say, is he a redneck from Mississippi or what? He might be. And he goes, if you're going to come to Canada and you're not going to quarantine, I'm going to bring the hammer down on you. I said, I'm sorry. What the fuck did you just say? You're going to bring the hammer down on people that come to our country? Who are you? You'll let everybody else in without paperwork. But our own countrymen who want to come back and go to their house and quarantine in it where they have the right to do, we can't do. Most of Canada is still shut down. East coast of Canada, above New York, Ontario, that shit has been locked down so bad. I got girlfriends of mine, one of my girl, best girlfriends, Lisa, calling me, trying to homeschool her kids, work two jobs while her husband's trying to start a new job. And she's calling me on her walks, hysterically crying. I've never heard people struggle with depression and suicidal thoughts and mental health issues than I've ever seen this. And they are not lowering any of the restrictions. They don't give a shit. We have the highest overdose rate right now in North America. In like BC, where I live, we have the one of the highest suicide rates. Like um, amazing person, I got the chance to meet Jen and Tom. He was a Delta operator. He posted something on All Secure, their charity foundation, and it was like, um, we haven't had a death in over a year overseas and combat related death, but we've had. And then he lists the statistics of suicides in that year, and nobody's paying attention to that. And so I take. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry, that makes me want to puke. No, yeah. I'm just saying I, I'm kind of speechless right now because I have a lot to say. But it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, you're it's, allowed to speak freely here, it's babe. It's disturbing. Safe. It's disturbing how much our society today and both of our countries are just like we're all disgruntled and we're all upset about what's going on. But there's very few people that are have the guts to actually say something and do something different. 
It's true. And, and it scares me. And it starts with the smallest little, you know, and I'll, I'll get drug over the coals for it, but like Who cares? the whole mass thing, the whole mass thing. As soon as this thing started, I was like, something smells fishy. This just doesn't seem normal for it to mm-hmm. be. It's a real sickness. It's real, all that stuff. It's a flu but though. It's a it's flu. It's a flu. And, and, and if you're, you use common sense, don't go out when you're sick. And if you don't want to go get sick, or don't if you're go out. immune, dep- if you're immune suppressant, if you have, a, a, you know, an underlying condition, don't and, and that's the, that's the part of being a free, you know, being free human beings, we should be able to be free to take care of ourselves and take care make of others decisions, and like an make adult. those decisions. Yep. And, and so the whole mass thing, it's like, I, it would start small. That mm-hmm. makes it always makes a little bit of sense. Like I get always it, makes a know. tiny bit of sense. But and then it starts taking a little bit of time, taking away your freedoms, taking away your free, all right. Now you can't you cannot physically go into a store without a mask on. Mm-hmm. I do it where we're at, we've opened up a lot and we do it, but it's still like yeah. you're you're like a you're looked at as like you're a bad person. And you yeah. see, like I've seen pregnant women wearing double masks, yeah, cutting off oxygen to their beautiful little baby that's growing inside of them. Cause they don't, they like, don't get it. That, and it's like, this is not normal. We're not, that's not, it's not healthy. That doesn't, because you don't want to get something that normally is just a, a bad cold or a flu. Sometimes yep. it gets really bad. I'm not saying it's not a real deal. Oh no, I'm it can one, kill people straight up. It, it, I, yes. I, I remember and I've the lost first time I had it. it. Yeah. I've lost friends to it. I had yep. it. Like it's not yeah. fun, but no, I've also had a lot of not other fun sicknesses mm-hmm. and to do what we're doing to people's mental health and do what we're doing to our society as a whole to make like, this is the new normal. This can't be the new normal. There's no, there's no getting this back. Yeah. Um, And so it, it it comes, it starts with people like us talking about it and, and actually doing something about it. And that's, you know, for me, it's, I have my own little protocols that I do for my own Mm -hmm. little rebellion against the, (laughs) the, I am, well, I'm super thoughtful to other people. I'm super nice. I'm super respectful with my space and all that stuff, but I'm not yeah. going to put my family in a situation to where I'm, I'm the government's telling me how to, to run my family. I just can't do that. Are your schools open? Yes. Okay. Do the kids have to wear masks in this class? I don't know. And that's a good question. I, I don't know. Um, I would assume probably they're probably, probably supposed to. Uh, we homeschool, so we were we were homeschooling before the COVID. That's okay. What we, we've already we've already done that. So you were homeschooled. You were homeschooled too, right? Where I was homeschooled. Yeah. I, yep. All of us were, and I lo- I love it. It's it gives us a lot of freedom to do what we need to do, learn what we need to learn, and not have the uh, government t- t- telling us what to learn. <laughs> that sounds so conspiracy theorist, no, but that's not, the way I am. Not. I want respect. to raise my own family and not. You know, I, I, you know, I feel like if I send my kids off, I'm doing more time when I'm with them, unteaching them things that they're learning from other little snotty nosed kids than I am actually teaching them what they need to know. And so they have our family, yeah. you know, we have a lot, we do all kind of social things. Like our kids have more culture than most kids that go to school. I was just going to uh, say that you they guys get have... people from all over the world. They, they, mm-hmm. you like, they, they, and we get to travel, they get to see places that other kids mm-hmm. don't get to because they're in school. Um, so I love it. That's the way we've done it before the COVID happened. So it really didn't change our dynamic besides it cut a lot of my work out because, you know, mm-hmm. LA and New York and all the big cities are shut down. So yep. I had to figure out some other avenues of work. But besides that, our everyday life didn't really change. I'm glad to hear that. And I know with the schools, like 
for example, um, like I knew you guys were home. I knew the kids were homeschooled, but again, you guys live literally live on a street where there's more children than most people have in like their classrooms. If they're from rural areas. I mean, I grew up in the woods and 17 acres of woods and I chopped wood and that's how we heated our house and we cut and split and we pile and we did the whole thing. Um, you know, my brother raced motocross very seriously up until he was almost early twenties. So we were on dirt bikes and, you know, I used to fight. I used to be a, you know, I consider a professional fighter. I fought Taekwondo since I was four years old and my profession was to kick people in the face and I loved the hell out of it. Um, Mm. so I kind of had that similar, we weren't homeschooled, but it was that idea that if, if they have to be out of school for something, they're going to be out of school for something. I used to go with my dad in the, on the road for two weeks at a time. And I got to see the entire United States, the entire United States, just because my dad and mom were truck drivers. And so I feel like, you know, I wasn't homeschooled. I got kind of best, best of both worlds. If you want to call it that I got that socialization. I might not have got because I lived out in the rural area, but I also got the rural area ness of growing up in the woods and just get the fuck outside. I don't want to see you until the sun goes down kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Don't get eaten by anything and you'll be all right. And so I appreciate the way you raise your family. And I appreciate that. There's always something to be said, you know, and jokes to be made with, with homeschooled kids. And I think it's very different now. Um, For example, like Jack goes to an outdoor preschool. So he is outside rain, sleet, snow, I don't give a shit. As long as the trees aren't falling, he's outside. He's in the woods. He feeds horses and chickens and cows and uh, bunnies. They learn how to build fires and forage in the woods if he ever gets lost. Like this kid is dialed. Like grandma pouring rain yesterday. Grandma, let's go outside and play. She's like, buddy, it's raining. He's like, so? Like I have a (laughs) video of him rolling snowballs bare hand in the pouring rain. Be like, come play, mommy. No, you sociopath. I don't want to. It's cold. I don't want to play. Go away with that. Get your snowballs out of here. Put some gloves on. He's psycho. So I, I know the value of, of being outside. I know the value of being raised that way. And I understand it um, a lot more than most would. But I do, obviously, you know, as your kids are never going to have that awkward socialization because they're already so socialized within their communities and how you raise yep. them. And it seems like you and your family, especially the military side, have so many different connections like like your kids don't know it, but they have anti Canuck Canadian that loves them so much already. Nope. <laughs> and, you know, you've always got a place up here, but that's what I mean is you, you guys have done a really good job of showing them that being homeschooled doesn't mean you have to be a complete psychopath. Um, oh no, no. You know, statistically you've got four. So one out of, you know, I mean, like uh, one, it, it could happen. I know, but like, it's only one. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like, well, we had, there's 13 of us and, and, I'm probably the, I'm, I'm probably the psychopath. I just don't realize it, but the rest of them are normal. (laughs) Well, I mean, very successful members of society. Well, you haven't found any weird bodies buried anywhere. And if you have, it's you doing it. So you're hiding them. Well, I'm just saying, you're like, yep, 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 yep. Yep, yep, Let's let's go to something else real quick. Making me feel comfortable. Sweating a little bit. I'm sweating. I'm getting stressy. (laughs) How did you know? I know everything, Jesse. I know all. That's the difference. I can read you, Jesse. I've broken you down. I will break you. All of a sudden, I'm Russian. I feel like every time I I say something like that to someone, for whatever the reason, the tone or accent that comes out is Russian. Mm-hmm. I don't Anytime know you start why. talking about burying bodies and getting rid of evidence, it's Russian. You know, 
Russians gotta, a good one to go to. Russians yeah. a, a fucking fantastic one, that or Chinese, but I also have factories over there. So I'm going to shut my big old mouth on that. Um, Probably a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit uh, more about this. So when you guys travel and things like that, do mm-hmm. you, especially right now, do you guys force the kids to put masks on or do you put a mask on if you have to travel outside of your state? Um, <laughs> I'm going to get outside your state. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've been on in 2020. I, I went to, I, it was over 40 States, oh. um, but I quit flying. Cause I don't like doing the whole, uh, I just, I drove everywhere. Um, did you I, really? dur- okay. yeah, I did, um, drove everywhere. Um, and no, I didn't. I, the only time I've worn masks are through in, um, medical situations or funerals. I went to a lot of funerals. And mm-hmm. I don't want to be disrespectful and cause some kind of scene I because seen, I'm, you know, yeah. so I'll, I'll do that in situations like that. I'll wear it, but just going to the gas stations, going all over the country, like I'm not sick and mm-hmm. I, I don't do it. The kids, absolutely. I'm not going to make them wear a mask. I think that's horrible for their psych, their psychological um, well being. I think it is. Uh, I so we, you know, the thing that's changed, I don't take that. We don't go to town a lot. Like I don't, I'll take them into certain stores that I know are friendly to, to us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to people like me that are weirdos. Um, I'll take them in there and let them get out and see, you know, see things, but we just, we don't, you know, used to, we'd go do fun stuff in town. We'd go, you know, go to movies mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But now it's just like, we just, we're enjoying, we're living more, we're living more and doing less in, in, you know, because I don't want, I don't think they need to have to worry about what I no, worry about. I don't, kids aren't, I don't want them to, like because that. they're not wearing a mask and yelled at by a grown adult. And then them being like, what's going on? What did I they're do very wrong? Aware of, they're very aware of the virus. They're aware of everything, but mm-hmm. I don't want that to be such a big part of their childhood. I don't think, I, I hope that we can get past this and this isn't a thing. This isn't a new normal. Like, so mm-hmm. I don't want to screw up with their little heads by making them wear a mask and acting all weird and, and so I just choose to keep them from getting into those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so we live out to where we can, you know, they have plenty of opportunities to do cool stuff. We just don't go into town where there's a lot of people right now are just being weird. Our They're society being is being, everybody's terrified. Everybody is afraid of look. They're terrified of looking like they're a super spreader or being yelled at or, and I, I don't, I just don't want to put my kids in that situation. So right. we haven't done a lot of traveling besides the, to actual destinations with the kids. Now I, I go all over for work, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, we're doing that um, with like with Jack because he's in an outdoor preschool. Their mindset is obviously more like-minded than like with ours mm-hmm. um, yeah. and, and that whole idea. And like the, the, it's really great. Um, the school he's in because the te- the head, the person who owns it, I asked her that when I went to look at it and she's like, look, I'm not doing it. And uh, I give my teachers the option. They're outside. If they want to wear it, I'm not going to say anything to them. Oh. But when they say good morning to those kids every morning and you look, you get on their level, you take your freaking mask off and you look them in the face so they know who you are and who's under that. And if they, the teachers have like a reason to wear it, like if they're ill or they know that they get sick really easy or they have a grandmother that lives in their house, like I can respect that. I can respect that for people I can, because if you're going to be around someone who is immune suppressant, has issues, has cancer, who's going through chemo. I have all the respect in the world for that. But if you 
<laughs> if you're 30 years old and you're fine and you're not around anybody who's around anybody or you're doing those things, I just, I, like my husband made a homemade mask and he made it perforated. It looks like a mask, but it's not because it's ridiculous. And if you yep. want to wear a mask, then you may wear your mask. You shouldn't care what I'm doing. If it's so mm -hmm. protecting for you and it's doing such a great job, then you shouldn't care if I'm wearing one or not. If you're wearing yep. one, you should be protected, but that's not how these things work. And so. Well, that's the thing. There's no logic in what's going on. Like if it's so bad, we would have hazard containers. We would have certain mm -hmm. masks that you had to wear. It wouldn't be just anything. Just pull your shirt up and I'll, and I'll ring you out. It'd, no, be I'm not, like, it'd be ninety-fives if it was that bad. Yeah. It, yeah. And then every, you know, people had their masks down like this on their chin saying, Hey, where's your mask at? Like, oh. well, I mean that in my head, that just doesn't compute doesn't compute walk into the restaurant and then they're like put that mask on and then you can and sit at that table six feet away yeah that and then and then i can take it off oh yeah and then i can cough and sneeze and do whatever i need to no do problem no you know Let that's it fine in the air. yeah but so it, it's turned into this strange where common sense doesn't is not a common virtue and it's it's sad to me it really is sad and so i do my own little part everywhere i go to try to it's be nice i'm never i'm never abrasive i'm when I walk in, very few people talk to me about me. Because you're huge. Mask. Nobody wants to I'm huge. You. I wear a big cowboy hat and and I walk with a purpose. And so mm -hmm. if somebody, see, if I see a Karen looking at me, first thing I do is I look at her real big and I smile huge. And I yeah. say, how are you today? And I engage. And they don't have the guts to be like, they weren't it. expecting that. Exactly. So I, I do it with kindness. I've seen people, they get offended. You know, they're like, hey, nobody going to break me wear a mask. Nobody wants to be doing this. Everybody no. wants to go back to normal. A mm -hmm. lot of people have to enforce it or they lose their job. So I want to respect it. them. I want to respect yep. them. But at the same time, I'm not going to, I'm not going to not do my little bit of, um, uh, you know, William yeah. Wallace walking around doing my freedom thing. I appreciate the hell out of that though. I mean, my, my favorite thing to do is <laughs> I'm such a bad person. <laughs> I can hear myself <laughs> saying this right now. Like I've been in situations where we'll sit down at a restaurant or whatever, and we've got the plexi up. But like my favorite thing is like the waitress will come over and we'll be talking or whatever. And, and she's like, obviously wearing a mask and I'm not because we're sitting and, you know, apparently that's fine. It changes everything. If you're standing, it makes it so much more contagious than if you sit. Uh, yeah, that's what I heard. And so she will be chatting and I'll be like, she'll be like, are you like, um, some people will get real concerned. Like they'll ask you to keep it on in between bites and put it back over your mouth. And so my favorite thing is to do is like, when they come up and be like, they're like, are you finished? I'm like, yes. But I also took the courtesy of licking that for you in case you wanted it. And then I watched them pick it up with such fucking fear. <laughs> <laughs> You've done that. I'm so proud of you. If somebody makes so me uncomfortable, I'll be like, I'll lick it. Would you prefer I lick it? <laughs> like, did you wash your hands? I was like, no, but I'll lick it. Like, I don't care. Like, if, if you, if you're that afraid that when I'm making a joke that you cringe inside like that, like I get there's people, but like, but also like get over yourself a little bit. Like if I'm no, willing not. to lick something and then like. That you just touched. Then, you, then like, let's just be normal. Let's just be let's, let's just be friends. Can we be friends yeah. already? If we're friends or we're from the same circle, as long as we're from the same bubble, we can totally hang out and I can lick your face all day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you can ask my people what I do, but that's the least of their worries. Getting licked on the face every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
It depends Sounds like on the a great day. work environment. Sometimes yeah. they get bent over things. Sometimes they don't. It just depends on the day. <laughs> They're all women. They all know what they got when they came in here. They all sign NDAs. Come at me, bro. Like, I'm going to do some shit. It's my office. But that's serious. It's a, it's a, it's a really sad thing to watch happen. And I can respect it for those that are ill and I can respect it for those that are um, immune suppressant, but I really struggle with this whole thing. And I think it, it builds up a lot of anger and a lot of fear. And what I hate the most, and I don't know if you guys have this, but like, if you watch any sort of TV right now, our health Canada has these really awesome uh, commercials and it's like Propag uh, propaganda pieces. Yeah. Yeah. They're my favorite. Uh, the subliminal messaging. And it'll be like, it'll be like a girl getting on the bus and she puts her mask on. She's like, and this is my favorite. She, she goes and she smiles and she goes, remember when you put your mask on today, it's so that we can do this. And then it's got concerts with nobody wearing masks and like sitting down for dinner with no mask. And remember when you wash your hands, it's so that one day we can all do this. And it's like shaking hands with people again and going out. And I'm like, no, no, this is so wrong. No, I get so mad. <laughs> Uh, oh, Jesse, Jesse, my brain. I know. And, and, and that's why I think that it starts, you know, it starts with the individual. I, I am, I, the freedom of the individual is what I went to war for. Right. Not for my country. You know, I did, that sounds bad, but I, yeah, but like for real is the individual, but that is the, the, the most, the minority of minority is the in, human individual. Correct. And their freedom to do what they need to do. Correct. As long as they're not harming others. Correct. And should be what we all, you know, that, that should be what we're doing is protecting the individual's right, but we're not doing that. So my little, that's what I do every day when I go out is I'm very polite. If they ask me to leave, if they're like, I will not serve you. I was at a coffee shop the other day and they were like, mm -hmm. hey, sorry, I can't serve you unless you put a mask on. I was like, mm. they employ. They I don't employ have a mask. Yeah. 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 And I, and I was being respectful and I was just like, yeah, oh, yeah. dang it. I really love y'all's coffee. Um, what can I do to get a cup of coffee? Like, what, honestly, yeah, what, I'm standing what, what here. Like, what, 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 what do you need? And they're like, well, we just can't serve you unless you put a mask or just pull your shirt up over your face. And I was like, man, I, I appreciate that, but I'm not doing that. Um, he was like, well, you can go outside and order through the window. I was like, okay, cool. I'll do that. Yeah. He's like, and then you can come sit down inside. I was like, and I just paused and I looked at him. And I was like, so Did I can go order. Go, oh. Well, I wanted his brain to do that. So I just stared at him and I was like, so I'm not wearing one right now. I was like, nope. And you can't, I can't give you this $5 bill and get my coffee. Nope. Okay. But I can go out there and order it and then walk and sit right here without yeah. a mask. Y yes, sir. And I just looked at him. He was like, I know it's stupid. It's like, okay, as long as you admit it. I just want to make sure I'm you good. know. I just want to make sure like we're all on the same page that this that is you're thinking. asinine. Yes. I want people to think and realize like that doesn't make any sense. But people just start going through their emotions that that's just normal to be controlled by something that's not real. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying the sickness is not real. I'm talking about no, the no, no. attitude the, of the like rules. if I stand here, the rules that are just so arbitrary. Um, yeah. Again. For the people that I just said it's not real. I'm not talking about the sickness. I've had it. It's real. I've lost friends to it. It's real. But it's mm -hmm. not the kind of thing that should make us, our whole society, Shut lose down. what we all went to. Yeah. And lose what uh, the individual, what we all went to war for to, to, to protect. We're just, just giving it up at just like handfuls by the day. And it's like, like no oh, questions. it's just a mask. It's just a mask. Okay. It was just a mask. Now it's just a vaccine. Well, then you get the vaccine. You still have to wear a mask. It doesn't change anything. And six months later, 
it doesn't change anything, but you're having to get these vaccines. No. And I, I, and I'll, I'm the first to say, I think vaccines are a good thing. Yeah. The concept, the con, the concept of (laughs) the concept, I'm not going to the concept of a vaccine (laughs) is a good thing. The concept of it. Got this it. day and age with the with the buffoonery that's going on with the craziness with the flu- that's going on yeah yeah I, I don't i don't trust a lot of vaccines today but the concept of it are a good like yeah i've had every vaccine known to man so have you <laughs> so <laughs> like, have i we don't so, know this is what's wrong with that's us. probably <laughs> why i sleep you know 30 minutes a day and and yeah you know have some you know i don't know but i'm just saying i'm not against them i just sticking them into brand little yeah. brand new babies a bunch of them right away worries me. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Um, and then these new ones that are like rush jobs that are like, oh, now this will change everything. Then you get See, it. And they're that's like, different. That's yeah, yeah, that's different. With this, I had a, a a very intelligent doctor on my podcast who creates drugs and medicine, and she mm-hmm. used to be a pediatrician. Mm-hmm. And so she was a, it was the episode with Dr. Fang Liu. She's from CAMH uh, Toronto hospital and she has a research lab there. And my God, this woman is impressive as all ghetto. She was a pediatrician and fell into the same category that you kind of fell into there. Like she has a hard time. If there's a child that has a trauma or an issue, the first thing they want to do is give them a drug, whether it's a regular vaccine. Like I, I got no issue saying like I was vaccinated. My son is vaccinated. Um, majority of it is because he can't go to schools if he's not. And so, and, uh, you know, that's just is what it is. We, you know, we, we are careful at the best we can. And, you know, I was fortunate enough. I didn't have any allergic reactions when I was young. My husband didn't have any, we've given it to him. We've been very lucky. We know there aren't as many people who are lucky, but I had a conversation with her on the podcast about, how long it takes a drug to be properly tested and put through the FDA and run. I mean, the FDA is obviously useless tits, but they, it runs through, you know, it, what it takes to actually make something go through animal testing, then to human trials. And it takes about a good five to six years, right. Mm -hmm. To do it right. And to know if there's going to be any sort of ramifications or issues down the road due to the drug that's given. Um, With that being said, This thing was developed in 18 months, not even 18 months, and they're rolling it out to people. And what I don't get is I feel like if you're not over 70, you shouldn't be getting this thing. Just period. I agree. Just get the sickness and get over it. It sucks. And it sucks. But your body will fight it off if it has, it will, it it does. That's how, when you get a flu, you get, that's how it works. It just has to run your system. That's why when you go to the doctor and they say, don't give people antibiotics just to give antibiotics because it creates super bugs. If you let people's body or you give them pain suppressants so that they can actually heal through it and it's not hell for them to get through it, often your body will then go, okay, I'm immune to this to a certain level. I've got the antibodies in my system. If I get it again, my body has, okay, I know how to fight this off. It's, it's a cellular goes down to the cells. And when you constantly just shove people filled with drugs and you don't give their bodies time to actually adapt to it and process it and, and see if their body can fight it off, we're setting ourselves up for such failure, <laughs> all the failure <laughs> so I, much. <laughs> uh, 
it hurts my brain a little bit. Let's get the fuck off this uh, topic because no. I'm getting all yes, stressy. Yes, please. I am too. I am too. Stop sweating. I can feel you're sweating from over here. I uh, want to know a little bit about your military service and why you joined and where you deployed. And uh, I don't say why you got out, but I'm sure there's a, a sticky story there. But we can we can, <laughs> tiptoe, we can tiptoe around the goriness. So why did you join? How old were you? Uh, I was 19 when I finally shipped for boot camp. Um, 19, uh, you know, 9-11. I said 19-11 because I carry a 45-19-11. Yeah. 9 11. Yeah. September 11th. I was 11 years old when the towers fell. And, uh, bro, are we the same age? How old are you? 31. I'll be 31 in May. I'm a year older than you. I know. You're I'm, turning, I'm turning 32. I'm an old woman. How, how old do you think I was? Well, <clears throat> I, I, I figured you were either my age or up to 35. Most people think I'm older than I am. It's because you're huge. I'm huge. And, uh, have four kids and <laughs> have a limp and everything else. <laughs> it looks like a, I've lived a lot of life. <laughs> you got the old man going dialed. I do. If you see me stand up after this, I'm going, it'll take me 20 <laughs> minutes to walk straight. Um, yeah, I've been, it's, it's not the years, it's the miles. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, 9 11, 9 I called my buddy. Uh, Grant Jeffries and we decided that when we turned old enough, we were going to sign up and go kill bad guys. And we did. Um, when we were, we both got brains together and went through the buddy program in 2009. Um, I, I did some time in South America and then Afghanistan. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, last 2018, I was in Afghanistan, <laughs> got injured, nothing cool. Um, I was on night patrol and fell into a pit. No comment. No. <laughs> and comment. blew my blew my knee out completely. Broke my foot and tore my back up. And um, got out. We were on a little cop. Had one. You know, we didn't have a medical facility. Just had a couple corpsmen, and they trying to get me to go back home. And I was like, nah. Um, nah. So I, I stayed and made all of my injuries worse by wrapping them up in ice and then take them too much, uh, too many painkillers. And, uh, a good so, old that, time. so when I got back from that, uh, went to go get fixed and everything had gotten much worse. And so the past two years, 18 months, I've had three surgeries and I just got medically retired, um, after 12 years. So I actually wow. just got my ID card, um, just last week. So that's a big chapter of my life. That's over. Uh, that's I wish I had a cool story. Like I got, you know, yeah, I don't took the hill and no, you, you know, don't jumped on a stories. grenade. So no. mine was, uh, yeah, night, night, night patrol, MVG's pit that I didn't know was there. Big dude falling with lots of gear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's my big, cool story, bro. Big tree fall uh, hard. Big yeah, trees fall hard. Yeah. But my guy, most of my guys didn't even know I got hurt. Uh, I quit doing heavy squats. That was my big thing. I was like, I quit doing heavy squats. I quit running the half marathons around the helo pad like yeah. an idiot. Um, because I was a big dude and like to show that I like I can still run. I can do it. I quit doing all that mess and I hurt myself. Um, but anyway, oh my so that's my uh, you know, Hellman. Yeah. Hellman was fun. Uh Peru. Uh say Hellman? Yes. Ah, I know the Hellman province. Yeah, I figured you're probably out of Bastion, weren't you? 
Yeah, I was, no, I wasn't. I, I was, uh, um, that's funny. I know. Cause I'm, uh, that's the Brits were more out of Bastion. Uh, the Canadians were, I was out of, I was in a weird unit. The Canadians, one of my other guns, cause I'm an artillery gunner. Um, one of mm-hmm. the other guns was in, it's called Massam guard. So mm-hmm. that's more of like a Canadian base, but I, my, my two guns, uh, troop alpha, our battery, there was, uh, we got borrowed by Fob Ramrod. So we were in the May one district with some Americans. So that's kind of where my head was. I, I, we got, yeah. So it was an American base of like three kilometers around really, really small fob. And then we had all the Americans here. And then the Canadians had like this. So corner to yourself corner where the two guns were at the triple sevens. And then we had our like four tents, four or five tents in a row. One of them had a noose hanging from it. Cause that was fucking funny to show up to. Um, <laughs> and we stayed in our corner pretty, pretty well because my unit was French and we were with guys from Texas. So <laughs> I, <laughs> there was like three of us that spoke English. And so my favorite thing to do was, uh, uh, we were at, we, in the OP tower. My favorite thing to do was like, um, radio, radio checks in French. Mm-hmm. Just to, just to, to, the, hear, to the Texans. Yeah. Yeah. Just to hear <laughs> the, uh, tower four. Y'all want to come back with that one again? <laughs> uh, and they, uh, sorry, sorry about that. Uh, first off, is that a woman? And, uh, <laughs> uh not a woman. <laughs> Is that a woman? Oh, here comes our uh, here comes Kenny, our um, our office puppy. It's okay. Hi, Kenny. Hi, Kenny. This is Kenny. Everybody. He's our so uh, Kenny. Kenny is uh, our our rescue. He is uh, the president of my company's dog. But my God, he's a goddamn angel, and he'll cuddle you to death. So he has to come Love and say it. good mornings into the studio, and then he goes off and does his thing. So my apologies <laughs> for that. I love um, it. Yeah. So yeah, we, uh, the, my favorite thing to do is to screw with the Americans, uh, when, mm-hmm. when it was the Southern, because they really struggled with like, okay, there's a vagina. Hold on. There's a vagina on the fob. Everybody stop. Nobody move. What the fuck? Nobody move. Right Freeze. <laughs> Everybody. What is happening? And then that, and then you hit them with the French and they're like, uh, I can't understand that. Like it was the best. The first night we went on the OP tower, we had no NVGs and it was like three o'clock in the morning. Can't see five feet in front of my hands. And I'm like, um, hi guys. Yeah. Quick, uh, quick question up here. We have no NVGs. I can't see anything. So if something comes out my face, just want to let you know, we can't see anything. So if you guys could like toss us like a pair or like literally anything, it'd be super helpful. Uh, yeah. Uh, radio tower. We're going to have to, uh, get you to call your own unit for that. I'm like, Sarge, I just need something to see. Anybody I can't see. <laughs> it was so bad. It was, we got there. It was such a trip because I guess the Canadian unit that was there before that we ripped out was a reserve unit. So like weekend warriors <laughs> and, um, we, you know, we made shit in front of them, but I guess the Americans were like all friends with like those guys. Cause a lot of those guys spoke a lot of English and stuff. And then, so like they would come hang around and then like my staff members would be like, what the fuck are these people doing? Like, who the fuck are these weird accent American people think they can just come over to our guns? Like, they would get real mad. And I'm like, uh, hi, we, we're here to help protect their infantry. So can you guys just, if you could just be nice to them, that'd be super nice. Because <laughs> they already hate you because you refuse to speak English to them. So if you could just, if you could just stop fucking that all up, it'd be super great. Please don't draw attention. Just don't draw attention. And so we had, we were with the Americans. Um, and then I was tasked to a British unit. 
Okay. Just me. <laughs> they needed a vagina. Legit. So you were that li- li- liaison. No, I wasn't a liaison. I was a female searcher, so I was a door kicker, and I. No, I meant like like you were that you were you played that role of like hey just get along please. If, if we could just all, <laughs> if we could all just get along. They're like you know that they're the guys are only coming over because you're a woman, and I was like, mm, don't care. They speak English and you don't, so it's a lot of that. Now this is gonna roll. I didn't speak French. I got tasked to a unit that spoke a different language. Did you? Oh, you Canada? didn't even speak. No, you didn't speak French at all. Oh, okay, no. I thought you were like. No, I can now, but um, it was like a hurry up and learn. Oh, that Picked sounds awful. Graduation class. Okay, basic training. Track this. Ready? Basic training in January. SQDP ones mm-hmm. weapons right after that back to back. Onto the guns. Learned the the fucking oh my god my brain's gonna explode. The old school artillery guns, uh, the the forty pound rounds. Why is my oh my god TBI moment? Um, and then we went to the triple sevens, and then they go you're posted. The following April we deployed. Yeah, yeah, that was and, and they hooked, and they hooked you up with a, a a unit that you did not speak their language. Yeah, there was four of us. There was four uh, me, including three other guys that didn't speak French. Um, and because Canada, uh, their second language is French. I mean, so did did the French speakers speak English too? And they just chose to speak French, or they didn't know English? Didn't know English. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. Oh yeah, you would think shooting, you know, just hundred pound rounds, forty kilometer down way over under top and over top of people, you would want the, like <laughs> you know full on communication skills. Just the simple task of being able to speak the same language just anything anything yeah my sergeant i mean he's dope as hell but he tried really hard so like his favorite thing to do when he yelled at me was to get an english piecing uh somebody who could translate and then he would stand there and make me stand at attention and then scream at me in french and then this guy would translate it and scream it back in english and so you try not laughing at that situation because that shit's funny funny. yeah that sounds like like abbott and costello or something like Uh uh-huh like old school humor yeah, it was the best. It was it was awesome. So then, yeah, I got tasked to the British. So no, I wasn't I wasn't really in any of uh, I was in the Maywan district, and, and then I was in Kandahar, and then I was in the Panjwa district with the Brits. Okay. So I was I was all all, You're all, all, over. all around yeah. all around. It was a good time. Yeah. But I was I was you joined in two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was there in two thousand and nine. Okay, sweet. Yeah, so I was Afghan April to September two thousand nine, and I joined end of 2007 and then i got medically released in may 23rd 2011 so it was a real yeah. quick turnaround quick, time quick, for me. yeah 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 it wasn't great it was super fun you know all the good stuff yeah that sure uh, has its way of sticking with you though doesn't it well oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> then you have to then take much and it's like oh i'm changed forever <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It took a it took a whole, I think, two weeks of an operation to just really make this this like super well, it's funny because I'm I guess people are saying I'm getting better, but it took it it took a whole two two weeks of of just absolute devastation to be like light switch off. Here she is now. New a new human. A new human. This is a very angry little ball of person. Yeah, okay. Let's just set Doesn't, her over here. Yep. Yeah, uh, that switch is hard to get to flip back on. And when you get it on, it goes off so fast. 
I know. And that's the thing. Once it's like, I try to explain that to people. It's like my buddy who I had, he was my very first episode. His name's James. He was a arm, uh, Royal Marine. And uh, we found out that we were on the same op together. Uh, but this was like a decade later, we found out. And I had him on and we were chatting about some stuff. And um, it was, it kind of blew my mind because he's like, you know, I had a situation. And it's like this cop came up to me and we were just talking, but it's like, the, the difference is if that switch flips, it, there's not turning it off. Yeah. And that's what's dangerous, especially for big dudes like you guys, because he's no small guy. Like I'm five foot, 110 on a good day. That's mm-hmm. if I roll my back and really stretch that shit out. But I'm like barely up to your waist. And so, you know, when when I go off, it's just like a small grenade. It's not, it's it like, does look like, like damage. Yeah, it's like a flashbang. I, it's well, scary and it it terrifies everybody, but it doesn't kill them. Yeah, it doesn't kill them. I'll fuck you up, but I won't kill you yeah. unless I'm right in your yeah. face. But when you get guys like you guys, like that's a full, you know, 300 pound IED you're stepping on. And that when that yeah. shit goes off, that shit's not, you're not coming out of that. Yeah. That's yeah, that's definitely, the difference. It's definitely a daily task of trying to figure that out because you can't just bottle it up. You got to let it out, but you can't, it has to be. Yeah, I'll, do do I'll get back with you when I figure. <laughs> I don't know. Are you <laughs> do you do, figure that out? Do you do like uh, like therapy or treatments or like fitness? Like, what do you you got to do something? Because I'm I'm sorry, there's no fucking way you are living your life with that many kids and a wife and the jobs you do, and you're not doing anything to deal with that. You got to be doing something to I, deal I mitigate. I am. I'm doing a lot. Um, especially the past two years, past two years. Cause I, you know, be honest, I was really working through some stuff last year. Um, mm-hmm. I'm personally trying to, you know, I'd come right off the deployment then and being away from my family for a year and then operation, operation laid up, not able to get, you know, not be the alpha male that I was used to mm-hmm. being. And then roll straight from that was working, th- you know, trying to get like, it was just like stack, stack, stacked. And then finally started getting back to work. And then I got robbed and, um, in San Francisco, Sorry? my whole film, my whole film production got stolen from me. All of my gear that I, what? I hadn't even told you about that. Yeah. That no, was, hit me with last, that. that was, <laughs> that was the trip that we conceived our little boy on. That's a ah, funny story. Um, like so that. we, uh, got back from Afghanistan and, um, end of 18 around Christmas time, mm-hmm. rolled straight into surgery, surgery, surgery. And then I was healed up enough in May. I was like, I'm going to take my wife. Now we've been at that point, married nine years, almost nine years, never been on a vacation. So I was like, I have a job out in San Francisco. We'll go out there. I'll take you. It's beautiful. I love the town. It's a beautiful place. We'll go visit Northern California and I'll do my job. And then we'll just have a us trip. Yep. Well, I had a friend pick us up in a rental and we went and stopped. So I had all my gear. Yeah, all of my you know, cameras and sound equipment and lights and everything that doesn't—it's mm. not cheap. And uh, parked at the Golden Gate Bridge. One of there looked at the edge of it, walked back, and somebody had hit it and stolen everything. Within ten minutes, everything was gone, and uh, cops couldn't find it. Was, well, yes, I did, but it was in somebody's rental vehicle that had was not under my name, so it didn't count. So that was a hit, and it just rolled into that kind of stuff. And then we found out we were pregnant right after that trip because we ended up 
camping everywhere because I lost IDs, everything. I had to figure out how to fly home. Like it was a it was an ordeal. Oh, Ruined man. that trip. Um, we made the most of did it. Did it ruin it or did it was it like an adventure? It was an adventure. It was <laughs> I felt bad for my wife because it was mm-hmm. like it, it for me it was just, oh, this is something else I can suppress and just not deal with <laughs> for her. Oh, it was fantastic. Because I was like, I can't throw a fit and be mad at any like like I gotta be the strong one here and let's just make the most of it. And let's, you know, but yeah. inside I was like, ah! <laughs> um, <laughs> And then, so, and then we, we got pregnant and we thought we lost the baby and for, yeah. it was over a holiday and it was over. So, and she was not emotionally ready to go to the hospital at the time, but she was like, I lost it. I saw it like it's over. Yeah. So we went through the whole grieving process for like a week, um, which is a lot harder than I thought. You know, I thought that I, yeah. I, I thought I was always like sympathetic to people that had miscarriages, but I realized just how, you know, even though we didn't have one, we thought we did for a week and I just the the journey that especially yep. the wife goes on. Um, so I got to go through that and then we found out we had it and then she was bedridden for months on end. So all the stuff that I've been like, I just had to keep stuffing, stuffing, stuffing. And then you're became, a big dude, man. Cause there's lots of room to just <laughs> lots of room to stuff. Shit. And then it all, the fireworks happened with, you know, the emergency C-section split, yeah. you know, and then it rolled into 65 days of driving back, you know? So everything that I was about to like, I thought was getting somewhere like had to shove it back down. Um, so yeah, I'm still working through that. I'll let you know when I figure that out, but what I do a lot of fitness. Though? Okay. I work out a lot. Um, you need to find somebody you can talk to. That's not, why I'm asking. Not, not 500 people, but like one or two people that actually you can talk to without having the, mm-hmm. um, how do you say it? <laughs> the insulation from the rest of your life. Yeah. You need somebody that can actually just listen and not, uh, not have to where you don't feel like you have to protect them. I guess this yeah. is the thing yeah. that's protectors that we have to feel like, well, if I tell them then, it's, uh, you know, so it's like, Puts that burden I can't just, I don't want to just tell my wife everything because I don't want to put that on her. Like I'm there mm-hmm. to protect her. I'm there to take mm-hmm. care of her just like she's there to take care of me. But like, mm-hmm. so, um, that, and then I take a lot of, <laughs> Oh fuck. I'll walk a lot. I'm like an old man. <laughs> I'll know, just I'm get walking that line in your Well, no, I'll boots. just be like, all right, I gotta go. And I just go and I, I need alone time is my big thing. I gotta work through stuff like I gotta get away from people because I love people. They love me a lot. And so they're always just like and so I've been I've been pouring for an empty cup for a very long time and I realize like given. I gotta I gotta like rein in some like make boundaries figure some stuff out. Um, write, I write a lot. I saw writing that. and writing and music helped me work through, um, a lot of my stuff. And I've, I don't, I don't ever post any of the super, <laughs> the super dark stuff. I just, you should, uh, do you know why I'm, go- I, I'm doing it a little bit at a time? I'm, I'm like okay. dabbling okay. at it, uh, but go ahead. Tell me why. Be, Cause no, I have there's, there's something to be said for uh, brutally honest uh, truth and feelings, and that will resonate more than you think because people will see this. How tall are you now? I, I last time I checked, I was six five, okay, but I so, might still be growing. I don't know. Yeah, you, you need to fucking. You said, "How tall right are off. you now?" Now, like, because I'm like still growing. Well, you are. I mean, I feel like I feel like people that are your size are just like. 
going to keep going because why the fuck Marie, not? The Marine Corps says I'm 77 inches. Okay. So, so you're literally a foot and a half taller than me. And so I, I can only imagine when somebody sees somebody of your stature, your size, your caliber of person, your, the way that you value your family, your life, when somebody sees that and they see that person willing to say, Hey, I'm fucking struggling. This is what I'm struggling with. It's really dark. It may not be for everybody. It may traumatize you to read this, but guess what? If you think it's traumatic to read, can you imagine being inside my head? Yeah, no. And that's where I'm trying to figure that balance out of like, Mm -hmm. because for you used to, I was like super, like, especially on social, like I was super positive and I was the the person that I, you know, I'd write positive things and everybody was like, Oh, you're such a bright light and all this stuff. And then, you know, and then reality. So, I, you know, life kind of caught up with me and things happen and back to back to back to back. And I'm like, OK, uh, I don't need to fake this. anymore. I, not that I was faking it before, but like I would choose just to. But I was like. So the same with like the day I got robbed, mm-hmm. my brother, he's a he's in the SF. He's a, he's a not on social media. I think it's all stupid and all that stuff. But he was like, you know how much I hate your he was with me when it happened because uh. he was out there. <laughs> And he was like, I know how, you know how much I hate your social media. I was like, yeah. And he's like, it's like, you need to put this on there. It's like, no, <laughs> like this sucks. I'm not doing yeah, that. He's like, but you should. no, you need, I was like, you need to let people know when you get punched in the mouth. And so that's when I started to be like, okay, I need a little bit, a little bit more honest. So I just told it. It's like, I'm not looking for charity. I didn't want any help. I'm not yeah. asking for that. I'm just like bad, th- you know, bad things happen humans, to good people too. It humans happens. get, you know, and I don't have a huge following, but people act like that like I'm something special, the ones that follow me every day. And I'm like, I'm not, we're just the same. Like, well, your life looks so great and wonderful. It's like, well, like we all, we all struggle mm-hmm. and people tend to only put the super cool things on social. And so I'm trying to be a little bit more honest with Yeah, Sometimes it sucks and sometimes it mm-hmm. hurts. And like the whole mental struggle that a lot of, you know, I'm a dude, so I can talk to this. I don't know how females are doing right now, but I think dudes in at least in our country right now the mental uh mental health is a is a very big deal that just goes on talked about and not just not just not just veterans either um i don't think i don't think people like us have a monopoly on um on mental health mental struggles on anger issues on ptsd on sleep all that like Mm-hmm. it's our it's in our society it's not just we don't have a leg up on it and i and so that's what i'm trying to figure i have a couple little ideas for project we might have to talk about it offline but yeah i want i want to figure out how to bridge that where people can talk about it and not have the you, you've seen it but like oh well I, I didn't serve so like i don't understand but like i i kind of hate that like, screw, we're humans we're human beings and and we're all tempted the same ways we all have the same struggles and we all have our own trauma that we've dealt with. Some of it mm-hmm. might not even be traumatic to the next person, but to that person that experienced it, it's life-changing. Yeah. And somebody witnessing an ID and killing your friends and somebody losing their grandma um, in their arms after a fight with cancer, can mm-hmm. they can show up the same exact way mm-hmm. in how it affects that human being. And, you know, I think... That, I think we need to talk more about that. <laughs> like you don't have to have served to get help. Like no, everybody needs it and we need to talk about it. And, and for me in the infantry, especially we don't talk about it because you, you know, it's all like, Oh, you can be open. 
and we'll do, we'll get you the help you need. And then your, your, your career toast. is over. You're your toast. Nobody over. wants. Yeah. And I've felt, I fell victim to that. Oh, somebody's mental. Like, I don't want him on a, on a, on patrol. I'll go to the next yeah. guy that yeah. I know is strong. Well, that's stupid because the ones that are strong enough to actually admit that they need some help are the kind right. that I really want. But then you also have the dirt bags that use it to get out of stuff and you got to fist, you know, sift that out. But well, that's the problem um, is you get a mix of both, but I think there's room to have those conversations. But the problem is, is every time the military has ever said that in, in that specific situation of the military says, if you can talk about it, we can do those things. What often, like you said, exactly happens, their career ends. And so they feed mm -hmm. you this bullshit that no, you, you can trust each other. You guys can talk about it to each other. But if somebody goes, Hey man, like I'm really struggling. Like I got a lot of suicidal thoughts. Like this is going on. They're, exactly what you said. You're not going to want to work with that. Who's going to give that guy a gun? No one. Yep. 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 So just, you're, so you're half the, all the strong ones. We all deal with it. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know of many grunts that haven't thought about, mm -hmm. <laughs> you oh. know, uh, yeah. yeah, who has it? Like, in my opinion, like, I just assume everybody deals with that. Yeah. That's not always the case, but it's a pretty good level playing field just to go ahead and assume that everybody's struggling with, uh, with suicidal yeah. thoughts. And that's a good place mm -hmm. to start, you know, and not be like, mm -hmm. Oh, you do what? Like, I would never like, okay, well then you haven't been through like everybody. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's different. That's the but thing with to, families. But in the military. With families, like, it's... Yeah, yeah. And you got to keep that quiet. You can't, you know, you don't want to look weak. You don't want to look like traumatized people. But there needs to be more just like, let's just openly. It doesn't get better keeping it quiet. And if somebody said... can learn from you struggle, your struggles, be like, oh, I thought they had it together and they're struggling. Then when they're struggling, they're like, oh, well, I can get through this because I'm not the only one dealing with this, but it's easy. You know how it is when you're dealing with something and you think I'm the only, like I'm a freak. Like mm -hmm. I'm the only one dealing with this. Nobody understands me. I can't like, but when you realize, Oh, so much, they got through it. They're mm -hmm. getting through it. They mm -hmm. were dealing with it last week. Like mm -hmm. I think it helps people get, um, you know, and when it gets in those dark, dark nights, they're like, they don't feel quite as alone when they realize that somebody that they look up to has dealt with the same kind of thing. Well, that's so what I'm, I'm trying to balance that out. Like, when do I, when do I like, but I think there's value. I think there's value. So like what I was, what I was getting at is like, there's a family in the military and that family is as strong as it can be until it's not. And then when you become, uh, not useful to them, that's when that mindset of they're a number, we can't use them anymore. They're damaged goods. Then you get that, that idea that's planted in your head that if you didn't say anything, you know, maybe you still would have had your career. Maybe if you didn't say anything, you would have da 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 da. So it it breeds that mentality. And then when you go home, and you know, you 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 want to you know say talk to somebody about it, or you're you don't want to obviously say it to your wife. You don't want to say it to your husband because you don't want to hurt them. You don't want to see them hurt. You don't want to see them look mm -hmm. at you with like not even empathize, but you don't want to see them look at you. I don't say in shame because it's not shame, but. They, they look at you like, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. And it's like, I can thankful for that. They, that they feel that, you know, empathize towards me. But at the same time, it's like, well, don't, don't look at me like that. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not dead. I'm not broken. I have, I'm cracked and that's okay. But there is something to be said for when you come home, you know, when people are like, I, like I went through this, like for the past six months up until January, that was like my mindset. It's like my husband, my kid was not enough anymore. 
my life was not enough anymore. I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't go through the nightmares every night anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And there was a break point for me. And if I didn't have uh, what I call now my pack and this group that brought me out to do what I did with heroic arts, I'd been fucked. I wouldn't be here. I know that I'm okay with saying that. And I've got no shame in saying that either. It's not normal to see what we see and do what we do and experience what we experience, smell, touch, do, think, whatever. It's not fucking normal. And if you came home and you were like, yeah, I'm good with that. Like legitimately, I'm good with that. Didn't phase me, didn't affect me. I'm like, you're a sociopath and that's a great job for you. But if you're a normal human being who was raised normal, who had never had that kind of trauma or that kind of experience, and then you're thrown into the deep end, I'm sorry, but if you didn't react like that, I'd be wondering what the hell's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. It just, it just is. And I don't, I don't think there's any shame in talking about it, but what I find fascinating is when somebody of your size and your stature who has four kids, who's meant to be this big, you know, for lack of a better example, you know, this, this, this American, you know, Captain America, big, tall, muscular, like, oh, fucking uh, kill anything in front of me. Like, you know, <laughs> you guys are meant to look like that. But if, if one of you guys were to say that, I can get why I can just get why you don't do you know yeah, because I mean? you, you get automatically thrown into a box and you're labeled yeah. and I don't know about yeah. you, but I'm an, I'm a artistic unicorn. I don't like being in a box. I'm completely no, my own brand. You. And I, I like to, you know, I like to show up somewhere as, you know, and I'm the photographer and they think I'm the security guard. And they're like, I love well, it. Who, you know, what, what you're the art. Uh, uh, and they freak out and like, yeah, I know. Like, I know I don't look like, what I'm supposed to look like, but I like that, you know, I like being my, so, and I hate, especially in uh, mental areas when somebody's like, soon as you, if you were to say the word mental health or Mm -hmm. suicidal thoughts or anything like that, people automatically think like, Oh, okay. I know where you're at. Okay. Well, you were, you were in the Marine. So it's probably PTSD. And it's probably because this isn't, and they automatically assume they know everything. It's like, maybe it wasn't even my service in the military. Maybe it was something else. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was losing a family member. Maybe it was, you you don't know, Mm -hmm. but it's so easy to be thrown into a certain box. And I hate, I hate that. So that's what I'm trying to figure out how to, how to deal with. But I think what you just described is, you know, the big all, all American, you know, Captain America look that you're trying to go for and look like yeah. you got it all together. I think there you should be a blend of both. And I think my dad, uh, you know, he died so, thir- 2013. I'm actually sitting in his office right now. This is his office. I was um, going to say, where are you at? This is, yeah, my, our house, we're in a snowstorm. I couldn't leave and ice storm. And my house has four kids in it and a dog. And um, I would so have I appreciated thought, the hell out of that. I would <laughs> it would have been a zoo. It would have been a zoo. So, um, anyway, my dad was a great example. And his example was King David. You read King David in the Bible. He was a freaking mighty warrior. He killed a lion with his own hands, a bear. Yeah. He wrote poetry. He killed a big giant. He, um, he was a, he was a poet at one time. Somebody said, go, go cut the dicks off of a hundred, uh, Philistines. And he came back with 200. Like that's what kind of guy I was over. Yeah. But he wrote, he wrote music. He wrote poetry. He played a harp. He was very yeah. in touch with his artistic side. He cried. He is when he was happy, he danced. Like he was not in a box of, mm-hmm. but he yeah. was that he just was that 
but he was also an artist. And that's the blend that I try to go for is like, I, it's okay if someone, if I want to drink my white chocolate mocha with a little bit of cinnamon and almond milk, like I don't care. Almond I don't milk care what you it. say. Oh yes. When Dairy you makes your me ass fart. To, no, you got to get oat milk, brother. I tried it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Well, do you drink it on its own? Do you just no. drink milk on its own? Mm-mm. Okay. I don't, I don't do dairy. Either. I don't do dairy either. Uh, only, That's what I'm saying. I, I quit. Well, I do it on pizza really hard. I hard go oh, in the paint with pizza, pizza on there. I know. And I ice agree. cream, but I just don't do it often. But my That's everyday, nice. like, yeah, everyday life, I've just cut that and wheat out because it's. Wheat, eh? Mm-hmm. Are you sure you're not Canadian? I just, I think I'm a little hippie. So that's the thing. Like I can be I whatever I want to be. Hippie. I don't I care. I, I am super much a hippie. I just, I cover, you know, I, I hide it well, but I don't the cowboy care. Like, hat. Yeah. It makes me not, if I wore a flat one like you, I would look more hipster. Do you know what? I curl, Some, I curl mine up. Me. Yeah. You got to, I know I've seen yours. Yours is like, as let me see. Yeah. Yours doesn't get much. Yeah. You don't get much more Southern than that. I can't hear you now, but I'm going to put my okay. headphones back on. I wanted, we had to get a screen. Yeah, it's got a match. Hold on. Let me see if I can. Shit, I don't know how to make this computer do it. Let me see. Hold on. I can get. I can get. I can get. Hold on. Hold. Hold. Nope. 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 I'm gonna. I'm, hold on. You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna do this. Don't move. Get it? Don't move. One sec. Because this is. I'm gonna be sad if I don't get this. Oh yeah, I got that. I got it. Got you're solid but that's what it's, i we have the same hat it's just different i know we're the same person you're just the bigger version of me and i and i i don't have a penis um but the somebody told me recently that um uh a gentleman by uh named brian bishop he's a co-host of cleared hot he told me mm-hmm. lately that i look like a poltergeist when i wear this hat. <laughs> i love it it's a great look thanks don't, man don't don't change it as soon as you popped on i was like oh that's nice i'm a hat person now i've really I got am, into it i like it i'm trying I, to get my wife into being a hat woman she's still not there but I'm, I'm working on it especially you know, the the flat ones like you do yeah, like that's yeah. that works really well you know what you got to do thanks man you know what you got to do you got to do the hat thing and the reason you do the hat thing is because i haven't had my hair colored in so long that my roots are mm-hmm. about this long because mm-hmm. i'm actually blonde well you cover it up and you actually look like you're right off instagram you right? look like an instagram See? model Oh, see, if I were an Instagram, well, I don't think I could be. Nobody fucking follows enough of me to be an Instagram model. Please, I'm gonna send out a whole, I'm sending out a whole seven hundred followers because uh, people don't like the way I talk, uh, things I say, and or the way I look. Like I can probably pinpoint the moment <laughs> that I did my very first podcast, and I could as soon as I hit up- upload, it might as well have hit canceled. Like the shit that comes out of my mouth is questionable at most. And when I do other people's podcasts, like here's the best part tell you a quick story. I had a sponsor on the podcast and I love their stuff and I won't say their name because I, I do love their stuff and I still do have it and I still do wear it. And I think they're fucking awesome, but they clearly did not read the description or listen to any of the episodes until it was too late. And so, <laughs> so they sponsored me for a while. And I think we got to like about episode 10 and they were like, Hey, um, so we're going to need you to remove our name from your shit. I was dying inside because I was like, the person who signed me knows me. I have never changed. Well, I mean, I've gotten better at some things and like, and that by some things, I mean, 
I don't yell at people uh, in the parking lot anymore. I don't <clears> curse <throat> you out if you look at me the wrong way. But for the most part, I don't really change. I change. <laughs> and so I feel like you knew what you were getting. Now, these guys know what they're getting, but yep. none of them say anything. Have you ever heard of um, Beneath? I have not. Bro, Tell they're underwear. It. Yeah, they're, okay, I'm going to tell you about it because my husband wears them. That's how I knew about them. Um, they have this thing. It's like a, it's a three-dimensional lift and support pouch for your junk. Dead serious. Oh, I've heard of, I have heard of that. That's these guys. I'm going to hook you up. I'll get you some. I'll get you some sent down. But like, seriously, awesome. they even have like a cop of feel hold and it even says cop of feel. And I'm like, the fact that you say that just makes me already feel like we're best friends. And they're camo, yeah. so I feel like I'm going to hook you up. Then I've got... Uh, these amazing writers, Brian, Jason, and Jason, my two Jasons, they wrote this mm -hmm. book. It's by Harper Collins. It's called Do the Fucking Work. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to send you one because they sent me a bunch for you guys. But seriously, like, it's just the best advice in, like, the best fucking way. And it just talks about, like, don't be an asshole, basically. And, like, just try. I love it. Just, just well, this society, like our society needs more of that. Yeah, because everyone's too soft. And then I got combat flip-flops, mm -hmm. but which that's a given because their shoes. I love combat flip-flops. Oh, you know what? I had I had my last pair stolen in San Francisco with the rest what? of my stuff. Yep, my combat flip flops. I'm gonna make a phone call. I'm gonna make a phone call. <laughs> I wore them all the way through my last deployment, and then they got stolen from me by Shut vagabonds up, really? in San Francisco. Yes. Oh, yep. so there's a bunch of homeless vagabonds wearing bullet filled flip flops. Yeah, really cool ones with the awesome patches on. I had the patches, yeah, the patches. and everything. Yeah. Oh, I'm a I'm going to make a call after this. I'll make a call. And then <laughs> there's actually a charity that's funny cuz they're called Heads Up and there's another one called He Changed It and it's a a platform for men specifically struggling with mental health whether it doesn't matter where you come from and you go on there and you do these you can do these forums and it'll essentially tell you like hey like we well, think you need to make a phone call or here's some resources for you mm. and how to help you on that. And um I work with is those it, uh, How does that form work? Is it, is it, do people this go through that form or is it an algorithm that tells you, is it discreet is I guess. Is no, it's, yeah, it's completely locked in. It's completely safe. It's, it literally is like, it gives you tips for depression, reaching out and builds a support system and it gives you professional services. So it essentially what happens is if somebody Googles how to kill myself, the mm -hmm. algorithm picks it up and triggers mm -hmm. it to that website and goes, look at this one. Like, you know what I mean? It tries to prevent yeah, yeah, before yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah. And then yep. there's like another app called like he changed it. I did an episode with, but there's, you know, there's the whole concept here is talking to people like you having honest conversations about real shit they've had to deal with and what that really feels like and how they cope with it. Because at the end of the mm -hmm. day, like you said, you don't have to be in the military to have trauma. You don't have to have killed someone to have trauma. You don't have to have any of those things to have trauma. Like you said, it could be losing a relative. It could be seeing a friend pass. It could be something that you served with. It could be, it could be anything for some people who are super, super duper, duper soft. It could be deciding which type of milk to put in their coffee at Starbucks that day. But that. Oak or that, almond, it's a tough one. I'm going oat hard. Here's why. I'm going to defend the fuck out of oat. Okay. I am not the person. Change my mind. All right, let's do it. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm listening. Kay. Go. So almond milk tastes like fucking water and nuts. And nobody wants water and nuts in your mouth. I don't know about you, Jesse, but obviously you haven't been there. Number two, oat milk doesn't have any watery taste. It literally is like cream. It makes the best fucking lattes. Just give it a shot for me. Just try I will. It. I will. I'll do it today. 
but you got to do it right. You can't just pour it in. You got to get them to froth. No, you got to froth it. No, no, I'm oh, all okay. about. Oh, I'm all about. Look, you know who? <laughs> oh, I'm a clearly. To, I'm a little offended that you had to wonder if I just poured it in. Are we that soft that I offended you? Like, did I just offend you? you? I oh am a God. unicorn. Oh my God, you are yes, softer I, than Jake. I froth. I froth my milk, and I. It, if you put cold milk into coffee, you're a you're a psycho. You're a fucking animal, is what you are. Yes, yes, and you should. Nobody needs that. You should, no. Your cave. I will try it tonight. I will try it today. This is legit. Honestly, it makes it makes my girlfriend oat, got me on it. Oat milk. Just hmm. put like unsweetened, no flavor shit. Don't get the weird shit. Just get unsweetened oat milk. Mm-hmm. And use that, that change f- your life. froth. Yeah. froth and it froths shit. well. Oh, sir. Okay, okay. Because almond milk does not froth well. That's why I don't use almond milk. That's why it tastes like nuts home, and water I, in my mouth. That's why when I'm home, I just drink black coffee because it's not fun. But I don't enjoy it. I just do it because I don't know why. It's habit. It. Yeah, I like warmth. I don't like water. I hate water. Um, oh, that's your problem. That's what your posts have been about. I hate water. Why? I hate it. Why? Because it's it doesn't have any good tastes. Why does something and, have that and taste? And the Marine Corps You're... ruined it. It's it's always boiling hot and it's out of a canteen or a moldy. It's just ugh. it's just. Ugh. I don't like water. Do you know what my favorite I drink part it. Is? I drink a gallon a day. Well, so I don't put that on enough. social media. I only put. It's not enough. That's fucking not enough. A gallon? No. A whole milk jug full of water? Uh Uh-uh. That's not enough. Well, how many milk jugs did you drink a day? Probably two. And you're half my size. Maybe I should reevaluate my life a little bit. I think Um, maybe that might help with your sleep and your digestion and also, you know, just all that shit. Ouch, that one hit me hard. I hit you in the I hit you in the feels. I hit you fuck, I'll hit you right in the sleep spot. I uh, hit you in the sensitive I, part. If that's what it is, if I just have not been drinking enough water, that Wait. would be a really nice simple fix. Wouldn't it? Would Do you amazing. get headaches? Oh, yeah. Do you get headaches? Do you no. get headaches? No. You're fucking lying in my face. <laughs> and it's obvious. And if you're listening to this on I audio, whole, go back and watch I, the fucking video because he's lying I, right to my face. It's offensive. I'm, not, I'm a it's terrible disgusting. liar. I can tell. I'm a terrible liar. Um, I will say that I think the Marine Corps ruined me as well because I do the whole uh, chick, you know, piss color. If it's not, I just, I have it memorized. I, when I pee, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm hydrated. I'm good. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You know That's why? Fun fact, let me blow your mind. If you take certain vitamins, which do you take any vitamins? Yes. Okay. So if you take certain I felt vitamins. That, that, sound, that was a little bit of a judgmental tone. It was. I hope you felt it. Do you, do you take any vitamins? Like I feel like if you I don't, don't drink enough. I, well, well, I, I drink a gallon of water a day. It's not enough, Jesse. You're letting everybody down by your lack of water intake. Okay. If you think it's how just much me, am I supposed to drink? At least drink two of those a day and see what happens. Two gallons a day. Just drink two gallons of water a day and see what happens. You're going to pee a lot. I running back and forth. I was about to yeah, say, I already but, pee a lot. But but here's the thing. The, the pee test only works if you're not putting any other things in your body. So like if you're not taking vitamins, you're not taking anything. Like if you drink enough water. Vitamins you do take change much, the color out of everything. Exactly. So how are you knowing if you're doing the color check, if it's accurate? talking to somebody i'm so extreme i am black or white i am extreme no shit it's not obvious at all if (laughs) if i hop in the vehicle and it's cold i put it on full blast heat 
And you're if a I woman. start sweating, if you're I start sweating, woman. I, I am. I am. You I open the windows. Off. Oh yeah. It's one or the other. Um, that's how I am. I just now in the past year quit taking cold showers because cold showers made me tough. I punished myself for no reason. No, that's not true. Uh, They're called cold shock proteins. They're incredibly fucking healthy for you to do, actually. I know. Well, I used to do that only, and it would just make me angry. Okay. And I thought that that was just good. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to, so now you're talking about finesse. You're starting to talk about finesse, and I don't do finesse very well. I'm one one hard one or the other. Mm -hmm. Not you, not at all. I'm going to drink 16 gallons of water today. I said 12. You said 12. 12. You're exaggerating now. You're being dramatic now. I don't, I am not dramatic. I am literally the most undramatic person that's ever lived in this entire Completely even keeled, never gets angry, completely even keeled at all times, drinks 12 gallons of water and feels awesome 24-7. And yes, sleep like a baby. Oh, you are, look like you've had 12 hours rested with no interruptions at all. Ouch. You know what the best uh, part was? You know, uh, hi, Kenny. You know what the best part was? Is I went to put makeup on this morning and then I was you're like, like I just is going to look like crap. So I'm just. No, no. You know what the best part was? Is I used to do that. I used to like be like, I can't go on camera if I don't at least put something on. And I like looked at myself and I was like, you know what? You got a kid going on 32. You're doing all right. You don't need the makeup. You, 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 don't need the you makeup. look great. You hey, look you know great. Why? I thought you were up Zoom- for an hour. Like, no, fuck no. I don't put anything on because I don't, I do this too much of this. And then mm-hmm. that would end in like sheer destruction. But mm-hmm. you know what it is, is Zoom has this incredible feature where it can help smooth out your face. What? I didn't know that. Well, thanks for telling me. I'm sitting here looking a, all blotchy and well, squishy. I'm going to talk to your wife about it and she's going to have to sort your life out. Hook, hook a girl up. I'll hook a girl up. Don't you worry. I got you dialed. But I, I mean, you're going to have to start reaching for tall things I, for me because I mean, if that's all I'm going to get from you is height. I already do the whole face. I do the face creams. I do the, I, I'm, I, do you do the masks? I'm a, I'm a woman. Oh yes. I do the mask. I'm a woman. But you got the beard. How are you doing the mask under the beard? Are you doing I it just, over the I, beard? I do it over. I do the. Oh, you know what you should do? It might piss your wife off though. My husband's doing it right now. Cause he's got a, he's got a, he, when he, he twists this part right here when he's talking mm-hmm. and he like pulls it out. And so he's uneven here. So he's got one of those things. It's got the little like tiny, tiny little um, needles in it. And you run it over your face and you put Does it work? I've it. been thinking Fuck about yeah. it. So he got one. He grows it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you do that because then what it does is it perforates the skin just a little bit. And then you take peppermint oil, which I know Jake's wife is into. We, to- we, we're all. Oh, yeah. My wife. Doterra. Has a really, she's a, like a freaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Sorcerer. My- she has like. Yeah, my girlfriend Tina. Yeah, my girlfriend Tina is a doTERRA rep. So she got me into it. And so I love doTERRA. Mm -hmm. Anyway, you take peppermint oil after you do that, rub that shit on your beard. That stuff's going to grow. What's the the tool? Is it a pillar like for the garden, but for your face? (laughs) For your face. Till your skin. Yeah, you can till your skin. I'll send you the link after. Please do. I'm going to do that right now because I want, I just, I literally just like, I'm done. I don't have to go back. I'm, I have my card that says I am done. You don't have to do the face uh, pictures anymore. No, I'm done. So you I can grow, grow it as long as I want. I want to grow it like you want to let me stand like up a, like, like a big to here. Yeah, but you're too tall. That's like you can't have a beard the length of me. I can't visit you and be able to also hide under the beard. I'm not that manly. It might be that might take several years to get that long. Like I, I could see this that. is like a month. This is like a full month. 
Okay, so you're definitely like my husband, Brady. Yeah, you got to get this thing. You got to get the peppermint takes, oil. Yeah. It takes a minute. It definitely takes a minute, but I'm telling you, it'll be worth it in the end. I got the peppermint oil. I just me. need the tiller. I just need the tiller. I'm going to hook you up with a tiller. But you need to grow Thank the mustache you. out and just like do the. See, I don't know if you remember a couple months ago, I had the I whole saw twisty, it. and it was. I know. Oh, I loved it. You got to run that. Yeah, I'm working you run on the it shit out of right that. now. I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying to grow you know, it right now. You know why it's not growing, right? Right, if you tell me that I need, <laughs> you're like my mom. She, every time I was like, mom, I'm sick. Like you just need to go, go poop, go sit go on the pot, or drink some water. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just go sit on pot. Like mom, I yeah. like my legs broken. You just, you just need to go poop. <laughs> like, but it's like sticking out of the skin. I need like the medical. No, it's just, you, no, you, it's you compound. It's poop. fine. It'll yeah. heal itself. More water, pooping. It'll the bone will magically just the skin will close. <laughs> There'll be no scar. It'll be like it never happened. It and never, then I happened. graduated from that to uh, the Navy corpsmen that are change your socks and take some Motrin, and that's uh, that'll grow your leg back. Isn't Motrin for women with their periods? And every every grunt ever, that's all we get is Motrin and change your socks. I get the change the socks thing. We used to get that. You change the socks because my, my sergeant would be like, change your socks. And while you're at it, maybe your attitude. So if you could, hopefully, and then, <laughs> but then it never worked. if you could just fix them uh. both, it'd be super great. But that, that didn't work out for him in his favor. You know, what's really funny though, is the first time I talked to him in 10 years was last week. Really? Yeah, that was a trip. I was about to say, how does how did that go? Ooh, it was actually fucking the most cathartic thing I could have ever done. That's I, awesome. Yeah, he uh, he did not agree with me being borrowed. He did not agree with the situation that I was put into. He did not agree with anything. Uh, they never they lied to him afterwards and told him I was fine, and then he couldn't get a hold of me. And that is a fucking fly. Woo! And he couldn't get a hold of me and. Yes. You get it? Yeah, because uh, I nice. was told I told I was somebody told me one day that uh, you're supposed to kill something small every day to stay proficient. So I feel like I'm just gonna take that on as my life now. There's another one. Oh, you mother! Oh, murder! Get that's me. a good one. Yeah, what can I say? Pretty good at stuff. Um. Yeah. So yeah. So <laughs> so anyway, the the whole situation was like. You know, he had no idea and all of this. And he's like, I couldn't, we didn't know what happened to you. We didn't know where you went. We didn't know you were sent home to the hospital. We didn't know anything. And then when he reached out to figure out, like they couldn't, nobody would tell him anything that happened to me because it was so fucking shady. So I reached out to him uh, because of something coming up and I need uh, him to meet with some people so some people can get to know him kind of situation. And uh, that was a man. That was a trip because when that's the only person that put the effort in to try to get to know you, work with you and train you properly to make you a good fucking soldier. And then he, he sits there and tells you he, you're one of the best soldiers he's ever served with. You just fucking, ah, 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 ah. I yeah, you, you, you needed that. You needed oh, that. Bro, it's funny. Cause that, that's where I am at now is like, I'm talking to these older guys. I mean, these guys that are like, I was their staff sergeant or their sergeant and, and then, and they probably went, you know, they would go, you know, you, you assume they all hate you. Yeah. You know? And then you're like, Oh wow. You actually like, no, I was like, no, you're legit. That's why I was so hard on you because <laughs> you were so good. Like, yeah, that's what makes, you know, it's funny. That's a, it's I a love having thing. those conversations. Yeah. 
but you got to be willing to have them. Right. Because sometimes it's, it's just as much as you think it's just for them. It's, it it's just as much for you. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm yeah. glad that you're, you know, you're so willing and you're so open to talk about this stuff. I know it might not be ideal for you um, to have those conversations, those hard conversations, cause you're newly out. And like, so I get yeah. the hesitation. I get yeah. it. I see it in your face. I feel it in mm -hmm. your voice. I can yep. see it. Yep. Um, in your movement. I even told and, you before we got on, I was like, oh, you know, let's yeah. not get too yeah. hard in the paint. No, we're not going to go hard on that at all because I don't think that it's necessary. I think traumas are traumas and I think horrific things happen to people, but it doesn't negate the fact that um, there's a way to hopefully help communicate that, cope with it, move on from it. But then mm -hmm. again, I can say that because I've been out since 2011. Mm -hmm. it's been a long fucking time for me. It's been 10 years and I, I haven't been in Afghanistan since 2009. So I only where I'm at because of treatment every single week, because I was forced onto medication until I could self-regulate. You know, I was, I was, I had a team around me and if I didn't have that mm -hmm. fucking team, there's no way in hell. If I didn't have my husband, there's no way in hell I'd be here. I'd been gone a decade ago. And I'm yeah. okay with saying that now. I've got no shame in that. And when people are like, well, talking about suicides taboo, um, it's suicides taboo only because our society has made it taboo. It's made it like a, a, something that's a disgusting, dirty topic that you should be ashamed of. And I think that's why nobody wants to have those conversations, but I'm, I'm proud of you for whatever that's worth to you for, for even being willing to mention it, have that conversation, even broach the subject, even fucking sit in the room while the subject is being broached. I understand where you're at and you're not, you're not, you might not be ready for a long, long, long time, but I'm telling you right now, based off of the way you are now and the work that you're doing now, you're going to be light years ahead of most people that have gone through oh, what you've gone through. I appreciate that. And I'll, my, my end goal is just, I want, I want to be able to, I don't want to just get through it and, and keep it to myself. I want to be able to get through it and, and, when my son has struggled, I want him to be like, Hey, dad got through it. I can get through it. And I want other people to be like, Oh, if he got through it, I can get through it. And not this whole, like, Oh, he was superhero. He never had to deal with any of that. Like, why am I such a, you know, wuss? It's like, no, we all go through our own struggles. It might not be that exact topic, but it's something that is going to alter our life if we don't address it straight well, on. The the thing is, is when you, when you have somebody um, of your stature and your, you know, just respect in your community and you're willing to be like, it's okay for boys to cry. That's a big thing oh, for yeah. me oh, because yeah. I know for a fact that my dad came from seven brothers and sisters and he was the baby and his older brother, I think the oldest, I think uh, my uncle Gary passed away. I want to say in his late seventies. And that wasn't that long ago, like a couple of years ago. And my dad's 50, how old's daddy now going on 55. So my parents had me really young when they got married really young. And so I know I watched my dad struggle with that because of the way he was raised, raised on a farm with no running water, you know, boys don't cry. He was the one out of three boys and the rest were girls. And so the idea to see somebody soft like that, and, and I hate watching when he hides it. I hate when he hides it because I'm like, why are you hiding it? What? If you're upset, like my, my favorite is when my dad gets going or I do something and he's really proud of me, he'll call me and he'll be driving down the road. I'm so proud of my baby girl. I'm so proud of you. I'm like, dad, <laughs> let it out. Let it out, big papa. It's good. Let it out. Because if you're taught your whole life that boys don't cry and then you raise your kids like that, I feel like you're setting them up for intimacy issues like a motherfucker. I agree. 
and and while you brought that topic up, I will be. I haven't really talked about this, <laughs> but I'll do it now. Sometimes you just, and I'm sure it's anybody, but you know, sometimes you just need to cry. You need a good cry. You don't know why. And lately, really, the past couple of years, I've gotten to the point where you know, for a long time, I fought it. Not that I was scared of people seeing me cry, because I didn't mind. Like, if it's a sad movie, I'll cry. I saw my dad do it. And he was as manly as man's like, okay, I'll yeah. cry, Patriot. I'll cry when he dies. You know, and I watched Dear John and I'll cry. I'm just kidding. Yep. I hate that movie. Um, I know. It's, it's dramatic. So bad. So bad. It's so, so bad. Ah, oh, too close to home. Um, oh, 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 right. Anyway. <laughs> right. But, uh, I, sometimes, and lately, it's something will trigger me. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But instead of holding it, it usually happens to me when I'm working out, to be honest. I think it's a physical something that jars loose. Like I'll be yeah. doing something heavy, doing something. I'll be fine jamming to my music, like not and thinking. Just... And all of a sudden, it's just like, it just like, like, ugh, like I need to cry. <laughs> well, and used to, I would like try to like go somewhere and be like, all right, I got to fight this off, but not anymore. I just let it out and it's gross. Yes. And it's, it's Why it, is it, I, gross? it just, I don't cry pretty. I'm not a pretty crier. I'm a kind of a sloppy crier. If it makes you feel better, I've been told I'm one of the world's ugliest criers by Brian Bishop. (laughs) And to just shut my fucking mouth because I am literally. But to me, I crying is such a beautiful thing and it's so needed. And I I feel so much better. I'm so weird. I'm a storyteller and I'm a documenter and I have a terrible memory, especially as of late. And Uh I'm so terrified of scared of forgetting stuff. Every time I've cried, probably the past year, I've taken a picture of myself to remind myself a selfie. It looks gross, but it's like I want to. And so I can scroll through my my phone and know like, OK, this is what's going on in my life because of the picture. And then boom, you boom. have one of those. Boom, boom. And you got like. And I haven't figured out why those each triggers, but like. I, 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 anyone that is strong enough to let themselves cry in front of someone else, I think it's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. Right. And I just called myself ugly crying, but like, I've never seen anybody look ugly when they cry. I think it's the most beautiful, pure thing. Their mm-hmm. eyes turn so sparkly. Like the human eye doesn't look any more beautiful than when it just got done crying. Like mm-hmm. the colors there, the life is there. Mm-hmm. It's a healthy thing and it's okay. We should do more of it. Like you can't overdo it. You don't want to be the sloppy person that can ever, you know, but Keep to be together. able to be a strong human and be able to allow yourself to get to that point and just let it out and not used to, I'll be like, why? And I would try to start figuring out why am I crying? I need to analyze like, what is There's it? There's these now tear like, ducts I don't know. that live right there, Jesse. And sometimes you give them a good shake. <laughs> shit comes out. But now I don't even have to figure it. I'll figure it out after I'll figure I'll analyze it later, but in the moment, just stop and just let it. It's, it's hard for me to just let it happen. Cause I'm always like, okay, stop it. I'm like get two good sobs out and then stop it. Cause that's all I've ever done. Not anymore. Not anymore. But one day we'll gonna, one day we'll cry together. Well, I'll cry with you. You know what's really beautiful is when I like that you document it, and here's why: when you are ready to start working through some of that real deep, dark shit, and you do talk to somebody who is—I don't say a professional—but you talk to somebody that knows more than what I know. Um, they're going to ask you to start doing, looking at stuff like that. What is it you think that triggers you? You're not going to know. Well, you'll be able to look back and go, okay, I know this shit was happening that day. And then I have a photo right there that day that I cried. Mm-hmm. So you're able to go back because our memories are so 
full and so damaged. And so, you know, you don't know what's happened to your head. And so the memories might not always be there, but for whatever reason, the body knows what that trigger is and that chemical reaction. As soon as that happens, if you're able to document that you're going to have 10 times easier of an idea of figuring out what those triggers are for you not how to avoid them, but how to work through them rather than just going, I don't know why I'm crying. I don't know why I'm crying. Well, you have documentation to go. I had this shitty day. I had this shitty month. And this is when I cried on this photo. So you're able to actually have a memory, a memory trigger. And that's a yep. huge step in the right direction. My dude, that's a huge, huge yep. step in the right direction. I started doing that the first, because when John Porter happened, I was in the hospital for it was like I said, it was like a deployment, like everything I went from my switch was flipped off. I was just straight. Yeah. Like, even when she was laying there dying, he was like, I didn't feel a thing. It was not, I wasn't like the husband, like, that <gasps> was just like, well, I thought he was dead. I was like, all right, he's gone. You just got now it. I'm going to see. Okay. Now she looks like she's about to die. And I was just very matter of fact. And I kept yeah. that attitude for weeks. And I yeah. remember the first time I finally got left the hospital, I went to Starbucks to get me a white chocolate mocha. Oh, Jesus. And I God. got it. And I first, I sipped it and then it was just like, I don't know what it was, but it finally let my, and that's when I, I documented, I was like, it has been, uh, you know, two months, three months since I had cried and I had just gone through a lot of stuff and it not had, hadn't felt one emotion. And that's when I started doing it. I was like, I'm going to document this. I don't even know why I started. I still don't know why, but, but you know what, you just that's explained it pretty well. Well, I think you may not know why in the time, but for whatever the reason, you are already taking the steps like your brain goes, okay, you know what? For whatever reason, I don't know if it's going to be useful, but this feels like it's going to be useful. You might not know why you do everything that you do, mm -hmm. but your body is filled with this beautiful, beautiful energy that will tell you what to do. If you, if your brain can't comprehend it, you don't need to comprehend it. You're just doing it because you know, at the time it feels right. And if that becomes useful to you down the road, then great. If not, if it helped you in the time, in the situation, then that's, that's, that's half of it. You're already right. taking the steps, Jesse. And that's what I'm saying. Like you're tenfold ahead of what I was when I got out. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I've had the a lot of good shows. help along the way. <laughs> well, thank you. I've put a lot in the past two years, a lot, but, but a lot there's something to be said for somebody that's willing to do the work and put mm -hmm. the effort in and, and people that are close to you don't under, mm -hmm. don't always see, they don't necessarily see the work. They just see the changes. And some of them are kind of scary. Like, you know, mm -hmm. some of them are kind of scary. Mm -hmm. I need a lot of time alone. That's my, like, I just need to just go on a walk and I might that's walk okay, for three though. hours. <laughs> you know? but that's okay. Yeah. Yep, yep. You know, it's okay to ask for time. And that's something that I actually learned recently. So, I mean, it took me 11 years to ask for, be, be willing to ask for space and not see it as a guilt thing. Cause being a mom, and I'm sure you get this as a dad, I try, oh, yeah. you know, I'm already, I'm already at my office doing a bajillion different things. And then I go home, I'm exhausted. And then my, my, you know, my, my fuse is short. My husband owns two companies of his own. He's an inventor. He's fucking incredible human. And somehow he's able to, you know, compartmentalize, keep his shit together and do these things. And he's all good. If I'm like, I need a minute. He'll be like, okay. But it's like, I, I don't know that I, I know I couldn't have asked for that before, not because he never made me feel like I couldn't. I know in my, for whatever reason, the way that I was ingrained or how I was taught that the mom is supposed to be there, make the lunch. My mom was a stay at home mom until she went on the road with my dad. Once the kids were gone, my mom's like, 
fuck you. I'm out. And she, she became a truck driver and she, she drove for Kevin Hart on his what now tour. She, Oh, wow. Oh yeah. So that's how I met Kevin was my mom. Cause she's loud and she's like me and she doesn't let up. Um, and she just broke him down until he said, yes, it was awesome. And so, that's awesome. Oh, it was awesome. And so I, I learned, you know, that my mom was always home. My mom always had the lunches made. She always took me to the sports. She never let me down. She never fucking missed a fight. She never missed a rugby game. She never missed a soccer game. She never nothing. And so I thought in my mind, like for the idea of asking for space meant that I didn't want to be around my family. It's like, I know I want to be around my family, but I know right now or at certain times that there's nothing healthy, productive. That's going to come out of me sitting here being miserable and cranky to anybody. There's nothing, nothing. And that was a mom guilt thing. That's I. That's a very difficult thing to come to terms with because you feel like if I'm not here, then I'm I'm being I do I'm like ah like I just got off the road. I need to be here. I got to be here for you know to make up the most of the time, and I might just need a day or half a day or three hours. Yeah. But I'll be a lot better to be around if I can just get away and shake it out, shake and, it off, and just let it like not have to mask. That's the thing. Like we're so as strong people, we're always having to put keep our armor up shine bright and like stand firm in front of your kids in front of your wife in front of and that's what we've always done but it'll catch up to you and you got to take it off and and just let your hair down a little bit every once in a while emotionally we'll we'll work on growing your hair so that you can learn to let it down a little bit i had it so long and beautiful if you remember i I do but it wasn't it was down to my shoulders it wasn't your length wasn't it wasn't my horse tail it's fine i'm growing it back as fast and hard as i can i need a tiller for my head too you need water. So if you got a head tiller, oh I got a head tiller. Cause here's the thing. It's like, I don't know if you've noticed because I mean, you live in the South, but like, I don't know if you noticed, but generally if you put water on things, they grow. Mm. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, just, I, I water, I water it twice. I take showers. Obviously. You're not, yeah. Well, I mean, there's apparently I was told by the soft guy. I water, I water my hair all the time. Well, you water your hair, but, and and that's another thing you can have a hot shower for three quarters of the shower. The last couple minutes flip that shit to ice cold because the cold shock proteins are so disgustingly good for you. It's insane. Mm. Mm. See, what I do is because I'm not landlocked like you, I go Mm -hmm. two seconds down the road to the ocean where it's like, and then I just go, And I jump in real quick and go, oh, I love the water. I love it. 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 <laughs> See, I, I do love doing that. In the winter, I'll do that. I'll go jump in the creek or something. That creek. shock it. You feel. Mm-hmm. You're going to get like, you're going to get like a beaver fever or some shit from that. Beaver fever. That's funny. You guys have beavers I, down there? Speaking of. Oh, yeah. We got beavers. I Speaking of. We also have gators. I had the state record. Of no. Mississippi. Fuck gator, that gator. shit. Is that the, I saw a video or some, you caught some crazy ass size alligator or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was 13. It made the cover of the Marine Corps times. It was 13, uh, 13 feet, five inches, almost 800 pounds. It was but bigger than me. Why? Almost. Do you eat those? Yes. What do they taste like? Uh, good chicken. That's not an answer. Good is like not fi- an answer. <laughs> Fish and chicken. Fish and it's chicken. Like a, That's it, a combination. It's like, yeah. It's like, um, it's, it's oh, how do you say it? Fish and chicken. They look yeah, it's like a, though. They're they're delicious. Do you guys what else do you eat weird down there? You guys eat those what else? We eat bear eat? a lot. 
I've been eating bear. I, yeah, bear's not weird. We eat bear up here. I don't eat bear. I don't. Okay. I've, um, I've never killed an animal. Bear, deer, so. squirrel, rabbit. Squirrel? You eat squirrel? Mm -hmm. But you have money. So why do you eat squirrel? <laughs> Nobody needs a squirrel. I do but have Why money. do you eat squirrel? I, because I grew up squirrel hunting. That was a big part of what I do. I want my kids okay. to enjoy it and know how to live off the land. I don't I necessarily just love squirrels, but I, we don't hunt things that we don't eat. So if no, we're going to no. learn to hunt and learn to live off the land, then we're going to eat it. So squirrels aren't my favorite, but my kids what, love them. And so. What do they taste like? Uh, rats. Why do you know what a rat tastes like, Jesse? They carry What's the that? bubonic plague. What the hey, fuck? Sometimes you got to eat. Sometimes Bro, you got to eat things. Did you eat rats? Um, like in the United States? Or is that like uh, a kind of level shit? Just, I've done it before. I don't like rats. Um, they're like tree rats. That's what they are. They're tree oh, rats. okay. Okay. So they they taste like Squirrels rats. Squirrels are so, tree rats. Okay, but mm -hmm. what, what's, a, what's a rat taste like? Uh, like, a, like a stringy chicken. Uh, no. Oh, no. A stringy chicken? It's That's not great meat. It's not great. It's not great meat. Uh, okay, so you've had you've had like goat, right? Like you've had goat. I know you you were in Helen. Y'all didn't eat goat. Yeah, and no, because you know what happened. I'll tell you a quick story. You know what happened? Because huh, we we made an oopsie. Uh, we were oops. We were the British, and I don't know exactly why or what happened, but all the goats uh, got corralled into a compound, and then. We got into a big firefight, and so we... And they decided, all died. Well, no, we went into another compound and set off some mortar rounds. Um, the mortar rounds didn't make it there. They made it to the other compound where all the goats were at. And um, then we had to go move into that compound and sleep in that. So there's a smell that I associate with that, that with I, that's goat. like a, yep. it's like a yep. trigger, yep. trigger, trigger. So I don't fuck with goats. No, I've never had goat. I, uh, I was pretty hard on the MREs. They, the British MREs <sighs> were disgusting. The Canadian ones aren't yep. bad, but um, yeah. And then at the FOB, there was an American, you guys call them chow holes. We call them mm -hmm. food kitchens. And um food kitchens. What, kitchens, what a nerd. I what know. a nerd. I know I'm a horrible person. And I still so, call but, it a chow hall. Every, a restaurant is not a restaurant, it's the chow hall. You want to go to that's the chow so, hall? Nobody wants to go to, to a fucking chow hall. Because at your chow halls, you guys just eat deep fried shit. So yeah. much fucking deep fried. If you food. want a good chow hall, go to the Air Force, the US Air Force. Well, yeah, because you guys all where you're hotels. At. Who's y'all? Well, I'm, I'm a grunt. I never got that. I had MRS. Yeah. So we had those, but no, we had, um, no, I'll tell you the extent of the meat I put in my mouth. Uh, so when it, ah, there's a joke there. That's a good one. Out <laughs> of boy. I saw the face. Yeah. Got it. Um, Oh, Tally will be so proud of that. My president. She loves those jokes. That's like, she's always the first one to hit me with them. I just look at her and she goes, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> small child from Family Guy. That's me. Yeah. Um, chicken, beef. Uh, I don't fuck with pork anymore. I haven't. I'll eat bacon, but and there goes your face. Sorry, eat, hold on. I'm it's back. Okay. I'll eat bacon. 20%. That's okay, but that's the only pork I'll eat. I don't. There, there's an overseas situation. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't do pork anymore. I know that um, situation. It's yeah, exactly. It's the yeah. smell. Is it the smell? Smell when it cooks. Smell. Yep. In the touch. So I can't yep. touch raw meat. Mm -hmm. 
I don't touch raw meat. That's just something At I all. do. Mm-mm. Yeah. Can't fuck with it. So that, and then before I had Jack, it was salmon. I could eat salmon. You see a couple days a week. We live on the ocean. It's there and fish. Now it's chicken or beef or bacon. That's it. And I've never killed, I've never killed an animal. Nobody will take me hunting. I've never killed. Do you want to? I kind of now. Okay. Well, this next, next season. Okay. All right. Maybe the world will be a little bit easier and you won't be risk, you know, captured by the Gestapo. Well, no, I'll just, I'll just show up because I'm, I'm about had enough. Okay. Well, next fall, this fall, 2021 fall, fall, come come down to Mississippi and we'll get you, you will, you will kill. You <laughs> I'm just saying I'm serious. You'll kill no, and you'll eat way- and, and yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying you'll go hunt like you will you will go and you will get something. I want to. I'm not just saying hunt and, and we'll make it happen. No, yeah, I want to because there's there's something to be said for being able to do that. And like my dad, my dad never hunted. So like I didn't mm. grow up in that my dad, like we had a couple 22s around, but like the first mm. time I was around a gun was when I joined the military. Like I, mm. I didn't grow up in a military family. I found out while I was writing my book that my grandfather was in world war two. That's how long it took me to find out. That's... Like I, it was just me. And mm-hmm. so I've, I don't even have my guns license in Canada because the only weapons I do want to shoot are long rifles. Cause I like, you don't need shooting. them here. You don't need them. Yeah, here. just, I know just here. Yeah, exactly. But I, that's what I'm saying. I don't even have my own guns. That, We're that still free a little sense. bit in some ways. Is, is that what you tell yourself? Not really. No, that was just, that was, that was a so, kind of inside joke. A political um, correction. I will say, I will say real quick about the hunting thing. If yeah. you eat meat, I yeah. think that everyone that still eats meat, vegans yeah. that decide that they don't want to, I respect that. I, respect I have it too. all respect for that too. But I got vegans the people in that, here. But people, and I respect that. If that's what they choose, I think yep. that's wonderful. But I choose to eat meat. I'm a meat eater. So yep. I think everyone that does still choose to eat meat should at yep. some point go partake in the way it's harvested. Exactly. So they can appreciate what happens. Exactly. And so the people that hate on hunting but will eat a cheeseburger, to me, I can't. I, I My brain doesn't compute <laughs> because it's like. Error, error, error. If you only eat vegetables because you don't want something to die, I, I respect that. But if you choose to live, but don't eat a cheeseburger and then tell me I'm evil for killing the deer. Don't tell me that. <laughs> you know, I tried, so I tried I, venison so if once. You, if you eat beef, yeah, then I think you should at some point in your life partake in going to harvest some sort of protein. I've always wanted it's to. A, it's an emotional journey for me. It's every time it I kill, I, it's still emotional. It's a, I, I don't love it. It's a life. I, I enjoy the life, the lifestyle of the, of the story of it, the journey. I love taking my kids. And, mm-hmm. but every time I pull the trigger and watch it die, I get a little bit sad. And, yeah, I and that's, that. but I, I do it because it's part of what, like, that's how we, that's how the human race has existed. Yes. <laughs> and I love it. I, it's a beautiful thing, but it's also an emotional thing. And it's a, it's a, it's a very, um, it's a beautiful thing. So I want to, I want to help you. I will be yeah, the first I w- one. I would love to do that. Cause I want to come learn how to do it properly. I want to learn how to clean the animal. The The thing is with me, that's something I got to work on is being able to touch the meat. Right. That's the biggest thing for me. That's a tough, to that's a tough one, especially okay. with your background. That's a tough, that's, and, and so we'll do as much or as little as you want. Yeah, exactly. Wear gloves. See, you know what the situation yep. was when, when all that shit happened to me, I wasn't wearing any gloves. Mm-hmm. And you felt so, it all the warmth. I felt it all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah all yeah, the yeah. jazz that goes with it. So that's yeah. why I'm for like, me, it's you know, the, Smells. The smell of oh, factory. Yeah. You get you yeah, there. The burn, the bacon. Yeah. 
Burn and bacon yeah. does it. Burn and bacon does it. It doesn't take much, does it? When, nope. Once that happens once, it's all it all it does. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Listen, I've I've fucking held you here for two and a half hours, and I feel like we. Has it been that time. long, Dang. bro? It's been that hour. It's been that long. You're gonna have to just to cut it down to like twenty I'm, minutes because I'm super boring. I know I'm not cutting a single goddamn thing out, so you better <laughs> get on board with that real fast because yours is probably gonna rock out this week because I'm super pumped on it. Oh, I sweet. um. I'm really grateful, Jesse. I know with your time schedule, and I know people tell you that all the time, that they value your time and they value having you here. But here's the difference between me and all those other people. Um, number one, you didn't have to do this uh, at all. Number two, um, you guys are, when I say you guys, I say your family because you guys have been always so uh, incredible with your time. You've always been willing to answer messages. You've always you know, been open and honest. And I think that's why I... I really fell in love with your family. Um, I'm so glad I got to meet Tim because with comes Tim comes you guys. And, um, yeah. that was special to me, uh, in every single way, if only just because, um, you know, I got to see these, uh, beautiful journeys that you would never normally see except for with social media. So as much as I hate it, I'm also grateful for it because it got me where I am to be able to have connect points, uh, all over the world and you guys being one. And I truly feel like I know I could show up on your doorstep and, uh, it wouldn't ever be a question. I would totally curb my language for your children. So don't worry. I can, Please I know how to keep my mouth shut. show up. They were raised around Marines. Just, just get here. I know. Right. And so I'm, uh, I'm eternally grateful. I'm I'm stoked to see what you've got coming down the pipeline. Uh, like I know work and business has changed for you drastically and it's changed for mm -hmm. a lot of us and figuring out how that works. But um, if there's anything that I or Brass and Unity or any of the charities I work with or anything, um, you just reach out. We're always here um, to talk, whether it's on here or not on here. But I mean that in the most wholehearted way. Uh, I've taken off my C-U-N-T hat for you and put on my, tell me your life story. Give me your words. I'm here <laughs> to listen. Um, and I'm more than honored to, uh, just pick up the phone anytime you need. I mean that. So same goes with your wife. Um, the same goes with all of your family. I've only been privileged mm -hmm. to meet a few of them, but the ones I have met have been, uh, hilarious redheaded weirdos. And I love every goddamn second of they're, being in your they're awesome. I'm definitely the most boring one in our family. So yeah, you haven't met like half a, of us. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like they're half the other half of you guys would be like, why the fuck are you talking to that Canadian? That <laughs> shit crazy and cusses like a sailor. You guys are embarrassing yourselves. Do not attach yourselves nope. to her. Nope. Just get here to the compound and you'll, you'll, uh, you'll meet the whole clan. Well, the, the fact that you just said compound and clan just already solidified that we're friends. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it sounds really crazy, but you, it, you'll understand it. It's a very, we're very docile until it's time not to be. We're, we're fun. Come I'm down, just grateful, Jesse. Um, is there anything? Thank you for I'm your time. Ah, no worries. Anytime. Is there anything that you want to plug or talk about that you've got coming up that you want to let anybody know? Or are we keeping that to yourself for right now? Uh, no, no, we can. Um, the biggest, some of it's, uh, you know, let's see. Really, I'll talk about one. Uh, Pat's purpose. Um, you yeah. saw my buddy. My buddy died from. Um, he he got some really crazy form of brain cancer, and it linked back to the exposure from Afghanistan and um, toxic toxic exposure. And uh, it it hit him. He died just um, November fifth, right before Christmas, a couple months ago. And uh, he fought cancer for three years and uh, he was 29 years old. 
um, when he died. So it was, the war was over for him. He was back home trying to live a life and it, it came back and bit him. And so we're trying to, Pat's Purpose is the name of a foundation that his family started and I'm helping, helping out with it. Um, we got an event coming up with that. Um, so if anybody wants to look into that, we're just trying to really just raise awareness for uh, our generation of veterans to start seeing symptoms early, understanding the, the, what we, a lot of what we deal with on a daily basis, we think normal that it's not. And we're just trying to help with that. So that, and then I've got a lot of film projects and a lot of, uh, I've got into um, real estate. I'm a land mogul now. Oh, land but, mogul uh, Jesse. <laughs> that's what I, I joke about. It's not, I just own my wife. And this year we're like, uh, all my film stuff just came to a crashing halt because LA <laughs> shut down. And yep. it's like, I got to, I got to, I think the word that rich people use is called diversify. Ah. So I decided to put into some rental properties, buy up some land around here. We're, we're about to get another little ranch next to us. Um, so it's fun. We're trying, I'm trying to work on more of living for a living instead of making it, instead of working for a living. That's so awesome. we'll see how that goes. Got a lot of little irons in the fire, but uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted. Please do. And um, I'm wearing your, I'm wearing one of my favorite ones right now. Ah, shit. Look at I you never go. take it off. Never take it off. Even oh when I God. shower. When it busts, let me know. We got a warehouse full for you because eventually that Sweet. thing will go by wearing it in the yep. water. Do you not read yep. the instructions? Jesus Christ. Nobody wears No, I do not read instructions. I'm a grunt. I'm, a, I'm an infantry dude. We don't do that. I know. And you don't drink water either. Listen, I'm I a drink grateful. a gallon a day. Don't drink enough. I'm going to keep pressuring you on that. Um, stay on as I as I say bye to you here. Um, stay on for a second after, would you? Okay. Uh, everyone. Please make sure that you check out Jesse's uh, Instagram. Do you want to give us your Instagram handles, please? Sure. It's just the, the Jesse R. Phillips. The only reason and I have the, I'm not conceited. It's I have 17 million fake accounts from Nigerian yes, warlords who try to scam do. women into sending them money. Yeah, you do. So I've seen the them. Jesse R. Phillips. Because Jesse thinks he's a warlord. Anyway, everyone, <laughs> we're going to leave that at that. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys for coming to this week's episode. See you later.